Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, let's get started. turkey because it's dead it has it has died to provide food for our little turtle cuties right (laughs) sustenance sustenance so that our little turtle cuties may live right that's right so it's the day after thanksgiving when everybody listens to this but a peek behind the curtain is that for you and i can i say it it's yeah. the day before Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's true. So we have all of that pre-Thanksgiving, what's that called? Jitters? <laughs> Thrill. Thrill. <laughs> Thrill. And then you all will have the post-Thanksgiving, what do you call that? Hangover. Satisfaction? What? Hangover. Hangover. Yeah. You, oh, you think people will be drunk? <laughs> Turkey hangover. Oh, right. Yeah. So I'm just imagining, I'm trying to imagine the future of our little turtle cuties. They're full as hell, right? They just woke up. Yeah. Uh, We were talking about, so yeah, we had to do this day early. So as you guys know, we're not covering Beverly Hills. Right. um, But we are going to probably do a little check-in on Potomac. But we were talking about how there hasn't been a lot of Bravo news this week. No. Just not a lot going on. But I did just remember that there's turtle news. What is it? Turtle news. Turtle. That's rare. Turtle news related to us or related to the animal? Turtles. Turtles in general. Yeah. Okay. What's um, going on with them? It's a thing that's happening on Dumois. You know that Instagram account? Oh, yeah. Where people narc out celebs. I don't believe one-tenth of those. But <laughs> A lot of them end up getting validated. Really? Yeah. They always do like um, whatever it's called. Like they post the news with the old one like the blind item to confirm, oh, you know? Okay. All right. Well, I don't, I mean, but yeah, a lot of it is bullshit, but, but why can't they just say, sorry, let me gripe for one second before you go into it. Why can't they just, instead of alluding so obviously to who it is, like, they'll be like this summer house cast member who always thinks summer should be fun and has a mullet is running around town, you know, buying a bunch of gifts for his family or whatever. Why not just say it? Yeah. Why can't, why, why do they just leave that little veneer? Maybe of, it's like a legal thing. Like, you have, like, plausible deniability. Okay. Okay. So you're like, I didn't say. Okay. All right. But then they're anonymous, and they're not writing them. So it's like... I mean, I feel like some... A lot of the tipsters do just say who it is. Like, they'll be like, Ben Affleck was at Duncan. Oh, okay. All right. I've never seen those. Okay. (laughs) So what was the latest turtle news? There's a rumor that Leonardo DiCaprio has a very old tortoise... And that now people are hypothesizing that he dates younger women because they need to live alongside this tortoise beyond his death. 
that was a Dumois <laughs> tip. Yeah. <laughs> I have to see it. Did and, they say his name? No. This 49-year-old <laughs> Killers of the Flower Moon star has a rare old tortoise. This he... Titanic turtle daddy. <laughs> wow. Did they say something like that? No, it was just like Leonardo DiCaprio has a tortoise. Is that why in that video of him rapping on his 49th birthday, <laughs> he's standing atop a gigantic tortoise and spinning around yeah. on it? Someone, they keep posting about it. And someone memed, you know, the classic Leo, like walking funny meme where he's like oh, yeah. walking on sunshine. When did he do that? I think it's from like Inception or something. Really? Like on set. He was like know. happy that day? But someone photoshopped that it made it look like he was walking his turtle. That is, I missed this entire. I, mean, I meant to share it and then I didn't. And now I just remembered. Those are two things I like. <laughs> and you just combined them. A Turtles? turtle cutie uh, DM'd us about it also. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you to them. Uh, um, so that's something to think about. But that makes sense. If he's dating 19-year-olds <laughs> or 24-year-olds and he's 49, you think about that math. If his tortoise is, what, his age? Yeah. And it's going to live to potentially be 100. <laughs> mm -hmm. He might want this 25-year-old to become the custodian of it right it kind of puts everything into perspective <laughs> all is forgiven that's leo <laughs> leo how the hell and he's just too noble to admit that that's why yeah he i mean i don't know why he's going specifically for models only he should go for like a um you know I, I, reptile specialist i like that an up-and-coming Reptilian. How do you know that scientist. some of the women? How do you know that some of the women he's been dating are not reptilian? You're right. Specialists? I didn't mean to stereotype. Maybe it's a win-win where he gets someone to take full custodial custodial duties over his tortoise once he passes, but also he likes them really, really hot. True. It's like the um, his version of like a vet is the nurse on the cover of that Blink One Eighty Two CD. <sighs> right. <laughs> When I, when I got that album, when I was 14, I go, this lady's a nurse, <laughs> right? <laughs> Going to give somebody an enema. Right. Enema she oh, was right. very like intense looking. I mean, that was the style of the time. She was just so clearly what we would have called back then a porn star. Yeah. That's, that's just how they looked when the, I was like, 14. The Jenna Jameson look. Yes. Yes. She was <laughs> so that. Um, just to get off right before we get off Leo. I was thinking about Killers of the Flower Moon. Have you seen it yet? I still haven't seen it. Do you think you're going to wait for VOD or try to uh, see it? No, I have to see it in theaters. It's just so long that like yeah. I've been seeing a lot of um, older movies recently um, that have taken up my schedule. Mm -hmm. And so I haven't had time to squeeze in a three and a half hour movie. But Apple is starting to do their marketing push and so i keep watching clips and interviews and stuff oh, it's so and fun. it's making me want to see it more i was thinking it's sort of the opposite of a thanksgiving movie mm -hmm. because of well i don't want to spoil anything or the the most thanksgiving movie ever yeah it yeah it's like it's definitely it, yeah it's a thanksgiving <laughs> movie but not in the traditional sense where people would be um not like, a celebration of the yeah, gringos no it does not make <laughs> I mean, I'll just say it. it's not a spoiler. It does not make white people look good. Down with the whites. Oh, yeah, down with the whites. We whatever happened there. I don't want to spoil it, but there was some bad stuff going on. But it, it it's a movie that people probably should watch on Thanksgiving. Yeah, it sort of is counter to the beautiful story that we all learn in school, which is that 
we all sat down, <laughs> our ancestors, and we had this beautiful meal. Cornucopia? With, with Native Americans. Yeah, we had a cornucopia. They did those turkey hand drawings. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Is that a, That's a fabrication, right? <laughs> I think there's more to the story. <laughs> all right, well, anyway, everybody watch Killers of the Flower Moon this Thanksgiving. <laughs> it gives you an alternate perspective on what most people consider a holiday of pure joy, right? Yeah. And beauty. It seemed like um, Leo really loved working with... Uh, What's her name? Lily Gladstone? Is that her name? Yes. I think he did. I mean, I don't know. I, I think they, well, just to be a little bit of a stinker, I think that they they try to play up as much cast chemistry as they sure. can just to make anything go viral from a movie. But do you think he would like bullshit that? He called it like the honor of his life or something in a speech. The honor of his life was working with Lily Gladstone? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I'll take it for his word. I, I, yeah, that could be. Leo I, hates promotion. I feel like he wouldn't lie. Was he? And he, so he got out of a lot of promotion duties, right? Because of the strike? Yeah. I feel like they're finally having to do stuff like right now. Someone should, next press conference, they have to ask him about this turtle. Totally. Who's going to do it? Us? I would. I would love, we need to go to a junket. It would be wild if we were wearing Turtle Time hats and Turtle Time <laughs> merch and decked out. And we say, um, this is the Turtle Time press unit. Leonardo DiCaprio, can you confirm or deny if you have a turtle? People will be like, whoa, is this just a turtle? Excuse me. Excuse or, me, Mr. DiCaprio. Yeah. And we have shell hats or whatever, like turtles. <laughs> and it says, you know, those old fashioned press hats or whatever, but oh, it's yeah. a tortoise shell. <laughs> Mr. DiCaprio, Mr. DiCaprio. Um, He's like, what yeah he's mad it's the last question <laughs> i think he'd be so nice to us and i'd be like mr dicaprio i live close to your childhood home that's now a library what you do yeah haven't i said that on here before no you never said that i learned recently that the los Feliz library um was formerly leonardo dicaprio's childhood home and what? is now a library did he make that happen well the computer lab there is called the Leonardo DiCaprio Computer Lab. No way. Yeah. And they have all his movie posters in there. Wow. Will you take a photo of that someday? I will. That's amazing. I learned that on TikTok. I go to that library like multiple times a week. Where Where is the Los Feliz Library? I don't, I don't think I... It's on Hillhurst and uh, Franklin. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, beautiful. All right. Well, damn. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio's ears are probably... Uh, Ringing? Is that what you yeah. said? Burning? Burning. Burning. Right? <laughs> we don't normally talk about Leonardo uh, DiCaprio for 10 minutes at the start of an episode. Is there any connection to Leonardo DiCaprio to any Bravo show that you can think of? No. I mean, I was just thinking of Tom Cruise's unlikely connection, which right. he's like the closest, like huge A-list star that loves Bravo. But I don't know. But, you know, I could totally imagine Leo secretly... Lana, Lana Del Rey came out as a secret um, Real Housewives oh, fan. Oh, she did? Yeah. She like commented about Kyle Richards or something. Love that. Yeah, that's sweet. Um, I was just, I've become, I've mentioned before that I am a fan of Trixie and Katya, uh, the that? drag queens from RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, they have a podcast. Oh, Trixie, who I know now. She's friends with Lisa Vanderpump. Really? Yeah. Uh, I've seen them dine at, well, not personally or in person, but dining at pump they hang out whoa um but i've been listening to their podcast a lot this week and uh trixie was saying that they were uh her and orville peck were forcing katya to watch housewives clips and they were going through them all and it was like at least i wasn't smoking crack in the bathroom bitch and were you doing coke in your bathroom and who gonna check me boo and then 
uh, they did an impression of Erica Jane being pissed about her cop son. Yeah. And um, I was just enjoying their selections were good ones. Who? What's the what's the crack one? Uh, the I think Brandy said that about Kim. Oh, oh right. Right. Yeah. Oh, right. When they were like sort of bullying. Or was it crystal meth? What did I say? I think you said crack, but I think it was either crack or crystal meth. God, that was so awful when Kyle or well, Kim specifically hid Brandy's uh, crutches. You yeah, remember? that's a slut pig episode, which don't worry, guys. I will be working on slut pig merch despite Riley's wishes. That, yeah, 100% proceeds go to Amy. I don't want anything to do with it. Um, okay, well, who's Orville Peck? He's that singer that always wears a mask with fringe on it yeah yeah i've definitely seen uh orville peck before but i don't know anything you know about either but uh they keep mentioning him and it turns out he's a housewives fan well to answer your question i do think leonardo dicaprio secretly watches summer house or southern charm he just doesn't talk about it any because he's famously tight-lipped do you think he's met lisa rinna has he yeah yes Garcelle yes Kim Richards <laughs> yes I'm sure he yeah I, you know I don't know I mean let's think about it I would love to meet Leo one day yeah even though we have uh, a mutual yeah. connection but I don't think we'll ever meet him because he's so mysterious yeah he's an example of the upper echelons of fame like we were talking about on Patreon or whatever where the upper echelons of fame where you don't really know anything about them except yeah. that he rapped he is going to wear a COVID mask until he dies. Right. That was so... <laughs> you'd think that would have been the best time in the world for really famous celebrities. Remember, like, at Coachella, they were all so covered up that first time back? And unless you went up to them and pulled down their mask <laughs> off their face, you'd never know who it was. The thing about masks is you can always still tell. Really? Yeah. Oh, I can't. <laughs> I can't just by people's eyes. Leo's eyes? Oof, maybe if I saw Leo in a crowd and he's wearing a mask and I looked right at him, I don't, yeah, I'd be like suspicious. Plus you'd be like baseball hat check, like yeah, cargo shorts and like a black t-shirt. Like there would be context clues and he'd probably be looking all shady, like trying not to be seen. So you'd be like, ping, 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 ping. He looks like Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. But then you couldn't really, you don't have the hundred percent, uh, you know, faith in it to where you'd want to go up and say, like, can I talk to you for a second or have a photo? You know, because you just sure. don't know. Oh, man, he would hate that. What? Don't ask Leo for a photo. He Does he hate photos? Have you, like, ever, you scarcely see a fan photo with Leo. <laughs> I, I just it, I just <laughs> pictured you and me on either side of him and him smiling so big, happy to see us. Maybe, like, his hand on our heads, like, giving us a noogie or whatever. He'd be like, this isn't BravoCon, bitch. Okay. Oh, so we're in be... the real world now. Oh, I'm imagining the exact opposite. <laughs> I love you guys so much. I heard your episode right after Thanksgiving where you talked about me and my turtle. Please take a photo with me. What do you think he drinks? If he's drinking? Yeah. Vodka? He's probably, I think I'm, I'm just going to project on him a margarita guy. Really? Yeah. You don't think at so? At the club? <laughs> <laughs> Is he at the club a lot? Yes. What clubs? I don't know, like trashy ones. Really? Like I don't oons oons oons. I'll be clubs. honest. I know nothing about him. Okay. Except that I love him in every movie I've ever seen him in, and he's our one of our I think top <laughs> three best actors of all time of our generation. That's all I know. The about main him. big rumor is that he um, has sex with women from behind and wears headphones and ignores them completely while he does it. Wow, that's sort of like Wolf of Wall Street yeah. style a little bit. 
that makes you wonder or ponder <laughs> what music he listens to. True. There's so many questions. It's like, shock me like an electric eel. MGMT? <laughs> He's like stuck at Coachella in 2007. <laughs> I would want a no holds barred exclusive <laughs> interview with Leo where he came to my house or yours, yeah. sat here, and we say, Leo, can we get to the bottom of all this shit we've heard about you? Do you make love to women from behind listening to MGMT? And what's going on with that tortoise? <laughs> He's like fucking someone from behind and just a turtle walks by in the background. That's Awesome. <laughs> I heard this one story now, and I this is okay to say, where someone worked on Revenant with him, yeah. and they said that he was just like on set. He was in the snow or whatever, and he was just screaming on set, vaping, and he was crying for his mom. What? <laughs> I mean, he should. That that shoot seemed miserable. Yeah, but but in his defense, it's possible he was method. Yeah. And, well, except the vape. He was just screaming and crying <laughs> for his mother, hypothetically in character. He does love his mommy. He does? Yeah, he always brings her to stuff. Oh, that's so sweet. What's her name? <laughs> Ugh, I should know this. It's okay. I think it's something Italian. Yeah, so he apparently likes to scream for his mom on set, but <laughs> it's possible it's method. Do you ever question that method stuff? <laughs> <laughs> like uh you know obviously the the big one is daniel Plainview. yeah if he was like that on set yeah that'd be kind of uncomfortable i think um do whatever you need but don't treat people like shit while you do it you know who did it the worst is jim carrey on the set oh of oh, um, yeah. andy kaufman man on the moon he treats everyone like shit. he's a he i think he might be one of the secretly the one of, one of the most worst was that patty chayevsky milos foreman yeah that's what i meant yeah oh, sorry <laughs> No, yeah, you were. Yeah, right. you should apologize. You were right. You were right in theory. I knew he you like were... drove him insane. I've yeah. seen those clips he where he's like, "Please, just, just please, do what you need to do. Please stop being Andy Kaufman for one second. I know it's what Andy Kaufman would have done. Andy Kauf is Andy Kaufman actually funny? Is anyone before like 1980 funny? That's that's a very good question. Me and Jimmy talk about that all the time. Where I'm like, people try and be like, you know, young cool people are like. Richard Pryor changed the game. I'm like, what What did he say that was funny to you? He said, um, yeah, no, no. He said, like, yeah. I understand, like, he revolutionized, like, what being honest about yeah. dark shit or whatever. But I'm like, do you, like, put that on and, like, yeah. LOL? I think so because people of a certain age, like, if I was going to go back and listen to, like, an Adam Sandler comedy album now that I liked when I was young and I was showing it to my hypothetical child when he's 16 and they're like, this is not funny at all. And it's kind of like, I, I bet know, they would think it was funny, though. Adam Sandler, yeah. you think it's going to transcend time? Yeah. Okay. Like, just, like, generic, like, ge like we always talk about, like, someone like a Jim Gaffigan. Like, it's just... Can I can I give one that's horrible? And But it's like, okay, so he's canceled. Woody Allen? Yeah. Yeah. His... I'm not, I'm not saying anything <laughs> about Woody Allen. All I'm just saying is that before a certain period of time in yeah. the 70s... Or, like, Steve Martin. Yeah. Yeah, I like have put that on and think it's funny. I think I think as long as you're not topical, as long as you're not topical. I just call bullshit on certain things. Like people are like, Gilda Radner changed the game. I'm like, you love Gilda Radner? Right. Like or, you or, really do. Or like you'll hear a thing from George Carlin or whatever. And you're like, <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? This is not funny in any way, shape or form and never was. I think that boundary pushing is overestimated in then 
actual humor content. Sure. Like Bill Hicks is given so much credit for like being transgressive mm-hmm. and, and talking about corporate America or whatever, but his humor level is probably like a six <laughs> out of 10. Yeah. But then there are people like Will Ferrell, which is like to me, one of the funniest people of all time, 10 out of 10 humor or like, or like Tim Heidecker, 10, mm-hmm. 10 out of 10 humor. They're going to do things that are always going to be funny no matter what, as long as it's not topical. Yeah. And it's like George W. Bush <laughs> is horrendous for you know whatever and you're just like okay i'm sorry i have to give you benefit of the doubt i don't know what the hell they're talking about yeah i feel like um will ferrell has diluted his brand not to me but why say why i just feel like now when i see him like when he was in barbie movie i was like yeah i'm like they went for the obvious choice that's on greta gerwig i know but like he was being nice (laughs) i just I want him, he needs to like do something interesting again to like reset the way that like Adam he, Sandler did. He used to do, yeah, one for them, one for me or whatever. Yeah. I think all, Adam Sandler has had better luck with his dramatic roles. Like yeah. they're more celebrated. Will Ferrell, when he did like, what, I don't know, what are his dramatic roles? Melinda and Melinda. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He, he's just less celebrated. I'm picturing for... there was like a DVD cover with him like holding a bunch of stuff. What movie is that? Oh, where he held a bunch of stuff. He was in that Strangers in Fiction movie, which yeah. is kind of comedy. I, I don't know. He just, he's less celebrated. So I think he was just like, okay, I'm done with the, the drama shit. Yeah. Um, Adam Sandler, though, is like so good yeah. in dramatic roles. Well, I mean, Uncut Gems, he like hit it out of the park. Oh, yeah. Was he nominated for that? I don't know. I think he was. Did you ever see Meyerowitz stories? Yeah. Adam Sandler is so good in that movie. Yeah. That's Noah Baumbach, right? Yep. Yep. Well, um, <laughs> that was the movie minute. <laughs> yeah, we couldn't damn. help that, ourselves, and that had something to do with Bravo in a way. Yeah, right. We still don't know what movies Lisa Vanderpump likes, and that will be the biggest deal in the world whenever we finally get to know what movies she likes. Yeah, can I before we move on tell you the movies I saw this week, this past week? Can I guess some of them and you tell me? Yeah, I know you saw Aliens. Yes. How was it for you? It was great. Okay, good. Fun with a crowd. People were like screaming. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you tell me the rest. Sorry. That's the only one I knew. <laughs> uh, Master and Commander. How'd you feel about rocked it? Rocked ass. Oh my God. We're... Everyone should watch it this holiday weekend. It's so cool. It's something that, you know, I think people, it could have been like a franchise that you'd yeah. watch like five movies of that premise or whatever, but yeah. it just didn't do well. But yeah, it's such a beautiful, The crowd was film. so hype. I saw it at 2 p.m. on Friday at the New Bev and it was sold out. Wow. Everyone was hooting and hollering. The opening um, card says Master and Commander, what is it called? The World... The far side of the far world. side of the world, and then it goes, you know, eighteen oh eight or whatever year it is, and it's like blah 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 yeah. at war, and it goes, oceans are now battlefields, and everyone went, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's so cool. Oceans are now battlefields. Yeah, like, yeah, that's awesome. Everyone was laughing the whole time, like at funny parts, and then um, when something good happens, like someone survives a near death situation, and everyone clapped. Oh, that's so sweet. Peter Weir said after that movie that he didn't want to make movies anymore because Russell Crowe treated him like shit on that no. movie. Yeah, Russell Crowe was He too- plays such a good man in that movie. It's like the opposite of method. I know. Yes. But secretly, I guess, Russell Crowe was a major stinker on set. And even Paul Bettany, I guess. Mm. They were just like getting Peter Weir in a headlock, pulling his <laughs> pants down in front of the crew, on walkie saying Peter Weir sucks. <laughs> and like that. he's never wanted to direct another movie after that because stars were too powerful. Stars and their multitudes. What does that mean? It's from Les Mis. Oh. When did they say that? 
um, Javert sings it. Speaking of movies and speaking of Russell Crowe, I know. Right? That's how my brain works. Damn. Um, yeah, so Peter Weir didn't like that experience. Russell Crowe, I think, is famously an asshole. Um, I haven't on... heard that. Huh? I haven't heard that. Really? You never heard that Russell Crowe is an asshole? I thought he was a good man. Oh, no. He's horrible to everyone. He beats people up, oh, punches no. people. He calls them nerds on oh, set. No. Pull... Yeah. Yes. Bullies <laughs> people. He's... Which... I don't know. That's what I, t- I, I told you before. But if you don't see an actor sometimes and they're not working regularly and you're like, this is one of the best actors in the world. Like, like think about Clive Owen. Yeah. Clive Owen's like one of the best actors in the world. And like everything he was in was amazing. And now he He had a good run in like 2004 through 2006. Now he like, now we couldn't, he couldn't open like a play at the park or whatever because i think <laughs> he I, couldn't open an envelope he couldn't open an envelope i was trying to well if on. you recall he was one of the early clients at sir clive owen was yeah that's what kristen Doty said thank you for bringing it back to bravo <laughs> but anyway um okay yeah, and so. then i saw the master and the wild bunch okay. and i think that's it okay so we talked about the master I love that film. I wish Joaquin Phoenix, I told you, was a little more, slightly more of a human yeah. in that movie. But that's a beautiful movie. Philip Seymour Hoffman's the best acting he's ever done in his life. They were having fun on that one. That dragon speech that he gives? Yeah. When he's like, we got to wrangle the dragon. That was silly. You thought that was silly? That whole movie, their acting's... Paul, the thing about Paul Thomas Anderson, I love him, but his movies are goofy as fuck. Yeah. I was just watching Phantom. Like, even when you think they're not, they are. Yeah. Like, you watching. revere them, but then when you watch them again, you're like, this is goofy. Yeah. Yeah. Even Phantom Thread is kind of goofy. <laughs> totally it's goofy. It's like serious. a comedy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then what was the other one you said? The Wild Bunch. Didn't Did love it. Okay. Didn't love it. It's a little It's a little long, right? It's long. The horse stuff bugs me. Oh, I just know that it was a nightmare. Like, movie, old movies with horses oh. falling over left and right. Oh, I don't yeah. like it. Oh, I, I remember watching the specific scene you're talking about. And I was like, okay, a horse definitely died. Like, probably like 10 horses died on that movie. The end is kind of awesome, though. Yeah. Well, I was, there's like a big shoot 'em up at the beginning and one at the end. Mm-hmm. And they, when they introduced the movie, they're like one of the most violent movies of all time. And I was like watching the whole middle two yeah. hours and I was like, where's the fun? I think it's violent just for that for that last scene or whatever. Sure. Yeah, it's fun. I got to watch it again. I liked um I watched that and then I watched um oh god Rio Bravo at the mm. same time to try to have a western. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I just don't think I'm a western girly. Uh, you would like I think you'd like Rio Bravo. It's okay. way more fun. Who's in that? Uh, Dean Martin. Who said that? Who said that? John Wayne, Dean Martin, and okay. this one guy Ricky Ricky something who I don't know. He's okay in it, but Dean Martin plays a drunk, the town drunk. <laughs> wow, that would be hard for him. Why? Because he's a drunk? Yeah, no, he was drinking on set. I'm going to drag him to hell. I'm Why? just kidding. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, so he's drunk as hell. Um, well, anyway, this is a good movie minute, right? <laughs> 30 minutes of movies. Sorry, guys. There's no Bravo news this week, so we have to move on to other things. But um, I think you would like Rio Bravo. Um, it's completely different than Wild Bunch and very fun. Okay. Um, I might go see The New World tonight. Is that what it's called? Yeah, like the, Terrence the Terrence Malick. Malick. Yeah, I saw that. Um, I saw that at like a screening or whatever. Um, it, yeah, but I don't want to like for Thanksgiving your... week. Well, that'd be nice. We'll see. You're How a I movie. Feel. You're having a movie time. Well, most of them was because the Egyptian reopened, so right. I got excited. Had to go a bunch. Um, but uh, yeah, and then after we saw Aliens, popped over to Musos, got a couple Negronis. Were they good? Yes. Whoa! All right. <laughs> Damn. Okay. Is there a parrot outside? Yes. They're talking. Yeah. We have 
for the listener, for our little turtle cuties, we're recording at my house today, which is completely yeah. different. My uh, my lovely uh, cleaning woman, Elva, is at my house today because we had to do it on Wednesday instead of Thursday. So we're at Riley's, which if you're a Patreon member, this view is uh, not new to you. Yes. But um, yeah, we but our neighbor across the street um, has a parrot, a gigantic parrot, and they talk in sort of like human-esque garbled garbage well you almost did a second sneeze on mike um they talk you think it's a human but what they're saying is pure like alien they're like riley speaking. kill yourself it's riley kind of, it's kind of like that but it's not even none of the word yeah it is like that like i do hear messages <laughs> like that like i should kill myself but it's also like it you it's it, they approximate human language uh-huh. that's scary cool a little bit yeah it's always weird to remember that they can do that yeah well, do you want okay. to talk while we... This is good. I mean, 30 minutes, obviously, of Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio, tortoise talk, a bunch of movies you saw. Do you want to go into maybe a little bit of our overall Potomac uh, thoughts before sure. we get into the main you yeah. know, crux of this episode? Which Let's is, do it. Okay. So we're going to do Southern Charm uh, later. We're going to do Southern Charm, Winter House, and Salt Lake City. Yep. No Beverly Hills. But Amy and I are getting into Potomac. Well, I mean, we've we've watched Potomac. Yeah. But we're ready to incorporate Potomac in a more, um, what's that called? Way. Yeah. Uh, a more way. <laughs> <laughs> we're ready to talk about Potomac. In, in, at will. In, at will. And incorporate it because I think Potomac could have the potential to heat up. Mm-hmm. Not seeing it yet. Right? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, if we, maybe like if Winter House starts to fall off or whatever, we're going to trade in Potomac whenever we can and, and yeah. talk about it. We have both have Jason. Right. He said on Winter House this week that him and Giselle haven't defined it. Interesting. I wonder what the timeline is, the difference. Well, they showed a clip in Winter House of his scene with Giselle from like this week's episode. Oh, really? So I was kind of like. I mean, him in her kitchen, they seemed very much like they were dating. Yeah, she was like feeding with him. With his, her kids. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, maybe I don't know what Jason was saying. <laughs> the parrot is like. Jason is cool. Lindsay was wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's, I we, I gotta ignore that parrot. It's like providing extra commentary. <laughs> what would you do if you adopted a parrot and it was a Lindsay Hubbard stan? Lindsay, what would it? Why? How would it uh, let the world know? It would be like Carl blindsided you, girl. Oh my god! I don't. I would probably say I respect your opinion, parrot. Can I counter it? With I would what euthanize. I really? You euthanize. think about your parrot? euthanize whoa all right okay well i hope that you never have a parrot that becomes a Lindsay hubbard fan just don't let your parrot watch summer house and form its own opinions yeah it could like fire hubbard. a peacock what it would have its own profile on peacock wow. that's interesting polly has a peacock wow that's really yeah okay well we'll talk let's talk about that off mic <laughs> Right. <laughs> Back to Potomac. Okay, so tell me, because I don't know your Potomac, Potomac famously had a bird. Yeah. Um, T'Challa. Oh, R.I.P. Who's, whose bird was that? Monique Samuels. Oh, I don't remember. I, I don't remember that. You don't remember? No, what the happened? The gray parrot that attacked... Um, <laughs> who did it attack? I don't remember. I, I don't remember. I, so here's my Potomac journey. Not that it matters to anyone, but I watched the first five seasons of Potomac like in pre-COVID or no in COVID loved it 
rip roaring. Then we got to the Wendy and Mia stuff, and I was like, I don't like either of these cast members. This isn't fun, and it felt like a huge lull. And then I went back to watch season six, and it is one of the worst seasons of a franchise I've ever seen in my life. So mm-hmm. then, so I have two years ago knowledge of Potomac, and then I just caught up and watched six and seven. So I don't remember T'Challa. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, Monique is the one that fought Candace, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. She's the one that had the bird. Okay. All right. Okay. Good. Did it speak? <laughs> uh, did it speak? I don't remember. It was an African gray and it flew away. Okay. And then I think it died. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, all right. Um, okay. So I don't know anything about your Potomac journey or your love or whatever. So I wanted to ask you up front, what's your, I know you don't like to rank, but what's your most beloved Potomac cast members and your least beloved just mm-hmm. so I get a sense of you sure um I mean we love the grand dame okay yes I was I was gonna say Karen Huger's in my top three yeah um I like Candace me too um I <laughs> like Robin in that she's a very unique as we've discussed housewife the most low energy housewife of all time and there's something special about that yeah, she brings, we've said it on Patreon, I think, she brings the the bare minimum that you could bring and still be entertaining uh, yeah. as just a human on the show, which it, it is blazing a new path because she doesn't really feel compelled to even create storylines. Most yeah. of the storylines are just brought to her because of her <laughs> troubled relationship with Juan. Right. She doesn't really do anything, Yeah, but I still find her engaging. Totally. So those are my top three. I Great. didn't know. We agree. That's, I mean, that's nice to know. Yeah, Karen Huger is always fun and great, and she doesn't unnecessarily get, uh, like, generate fake bullshit for storylines. She's just fun on her own. Yeah. Then on the other end of that spectrum, I have now found rewatching and uh, binging that I cannot tolerate Giselle and Ashley very much. Okay. Because they both are so, so contrived. Yeah. Both of them, in their own way, just feel like it is their job to just stir up shit every single episode and and deflect from themselves as much as they can. Yeah. I have, for some reason, a little bit of a soft spot for Ashley. I don't know if it's because she loves Corona Light or... Uh Yeah, that's um, very endearing. What? And I do give her a little credit for the hell that she had to go through defending her demon husband all those years. Yeah, but yeah, I I agree it it was hell, obviously, but her defense of him like was egregious at times. Sure. And also doesn't give her a leg to stand on um in any arguments about any other husband that she tries sure. to bring, about Robin, about Karen, yeah. anything she tries to bring. It's like you just dealt with the worst human in the world. You defended <laughs> him like crazy for everything he did. So right. like why would we ever listen to your opinion about anything? Yeah. I hated that uh Chris attempted chris takedown yeah that that's like the huge that's the biggest deal from last season like everything they tried like didn't stick and it's the most egregious example of faking a storyline yeah he tried to join me in my dressing room that i invited him in to talk to me like i'm like yeah you're like 45 years old you can talk to a man in private andy andy very um i don't know gave his take on that and he's like is are we in a victorian drama where yeah. a man cannot be alone with a woman in a yeah. room i don't understand this. someone called it like mike pence rules yes like, and then and then giselle said he 
it's how I feel. It's like, she was like getting all like, it's my truth. So that's how I feel. So you can never stop me from feeling this way. Even though the whole world like did not agree with like her. Everyone about thought it was bullshit. And then also I can't believe how production helped Chris out so much by showing the footage multiple times yeah. of him, not even looking Deborah in the eye. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, you know, at that even, party. Yeah. 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 And like happy Eddie or whatever. Eddie, oh, yeah. like they just like did a full on onslaught against the men of the, of, yeah. of this franchise and it didn't stick at all and i understand why candace absolutely hates them yeah i that was a fun uh camera like fourth wall break when at the dance studio when she like it's yeah. like i'm not doing this like yeah. i'm not participating in this yeah. i'm not even going to talk about it yeah it was great yeah. and it was also like ashley and candace were like starting to mend their relationship which, which has been very fraught for like however long candace has yeah. been on and then the minute she starts to mend things with Candace. Ashley brings up this DM of of him inviting Ashley to come to his hotel that he's working at, right. like as a the rooftop to, to to promote his business. Yeah, like as if uh, he, you know. Anyway, so it's just that was awful. So I feel like this is like this is the fallout from that, and this is the fallout of the Robin and Juan um, that they knew about this like hotel right. cheating scandal or whatever. Right. I mean, what is the deal? with their marriage <laughs> so yeah it's a huge question mark um obviously juan has given robin whatever she needs to like overcome this right i guess i mean it, it would appear she needs very little yeah i mean there's like my question about the whole thing and which is what these three episodes have been about so far is like juan keeps saying um you know we have our story, don't let anybody, you know, bring us down. Don't let them talk about it. Like, we know the truth or whatever. But the hotel story doesn't make any sense. No. And Robin keeps saying, like, if he was, if this was, if he was cheating, he would have made up a better story. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, no, this sounds like exactly the story that a <laughs> cheater would say that just, it doesn't make, you know, very much sense at all. No. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess I think Robin doesn't want her relationship at the forefront of discussion and i think i think she is fearful that any that if she pushes too hard juan will just walk away yeah and which like, is sad yeah it's like she's very powerless in the relationship we saw how powerless she was too about the prenup and and getting he gets 50 50 and there's no infidelity clause <laughs> i just don't get why they got remarried like nothing is resolved i think that he's the father of her children she loves him more than anything and he has given her enough, like she's already overcome infidelity in their relationship. And now she's just, this is, this is just what she expects. It's depressing. And he's sort of internally creating an environment where it's us versus them and they don't matter. And don't think about the show. That's all lies. That's the blogs. This is us. Guess and- what? That's how you afford your house. I know. Son. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. And his disdain for the show is like... I'm like, you shocking. guys were in like massive debt. You had to downsize to a tiny house. The only reason that you got your shit back together is because she's doing the show. And Juan like skips reunions. Like he doesn't really want to participate in group settings. Um, so I think that... I mean, the hotel story also doesn't make any sense because if that was happening, this charity, he, like, do you, do you right. remember the story? He's like, yeah, where she, was it? They, were, they were in Vegas. She was supposed to meet up with another basketball player or something. He ghosted her. So she needed a hotel room. So she reached out to him and he said, yes, I'll buy you a hotel room. It's like, did she say she lost her wallet? I, I, something like that. Like, I don't know. I, I, they, I don't know. The story is very convoluted and stupid, like Robin yeah. says. Um, 
but wouldn't he have wouldn't he have kept Robin apprised of this charitable story and like let her know every step of this? Right. Like, hey, just so you know, I'm like, in Vegas. This is gonna this... look bad. Yeah. Like, yeah. so why, why wouldn't Robin be in on this? Right. And, and then the laundromat stuff, I don't believe. I think that is just his assistant or whatever. But it's yeah. just he has such a cloud over him that people will like pull on anything. Right. So I feel like Robin knows half of these rumors are fake. But the one that's actually real, it sort of makes them all seem like it's just the world attacking them, even though one of those is a legitimate concern, right. probably. I like during that intervention or whatever, they were playing the clip of Ashley when Michael Darby took like a stripper home to a hotel and she was like, he was so drunk, he went to bed. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he did, he did the most egregious stuff that you'll ever have to deal with ever in a yeah. relationship. And she stood by him um, every step of the way. And it still sounds like, I mean... I think they are also not putting, obviously, the full extent of what's going on in their relationship right. either. It's like Potomac's getting away with like a lot. Yeah, when she was, uh, do you love her uh, uncle Lump? Yeah, Uncle Lump. I really like that. <laughs> he was like, "Oh, you guys were on vacation together. Like, you didn't tell me that. Like, she doesn't even tell her family." Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, what what's really going on this season? Okay, so we, we're sort of aligned in who we love the most. Who are we missing? I, I think Mia is horrendous, <laughs> uh, one of the worst housewives that's ever been. Her season seven trajectory of throwing drink in Wendy's face and just, like, being disloyal to everyone and trying to be, like, really catty in her confessionals, I think she's awful. I thought she was horrible in season six. Season seven, she's even worse. And it sounds like this is like her apology season because she's basically um, ostracized from everyone. And broke. And broke, which I was like, oh yeah, she also, she has a horrendous husband. We don't know what's happening with that situation either. It's all very shady. They probably saw him... Uh, two seasons ago when he was drunk as hell licking his lips at Karen Huger and fake <laughs> masturbating towards her and they were said that's the CEO of our uh, what are they acupuncture chiropractic, uh, chiropractic centers the they're joint. like get, the, get this guy the hell out of here he, he's like he's like the stock went down after they fired me it's like yeah right what the hell are you talking about like he just I, I don't know whatever I also like all of the um, implications of I'm not very um, aware of the geography of that area but it seems like they live all fucking over the place i think it's very nebulous yeah what, what potomac right means. like when they were at the capital was it last week or the week before i was like oh yeah that's where they are oh yeah when they did, <laughs> wait, did they have a picnic by the capital yeah yeah i was like be, oh it's supposed to be like what like dc it's like where people live who work in dc right but we don't really get a lot of political stuff no not yeah. at all um, so, who, so how do you feel about um, Dr. Wendy? Um, she's a lot. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's it's a little much for me, the whole, like, I'm a doctor, don't you forget it. Like, I yeah. have three degrees. Like, she feels very defensive uh-huh. always, which yeah. isn't that fun to watch. Yeah. Um, she Yeah. She also, like, um, yeah, she's not, she doesn't give a lot for being able to, be on three seasons i mean mia either like me you know i don't i mean mia at least they want to see the downfall of this marriage and they want to yeah. see her broke or whatever but dr winnie's like i think she's fine yeah. i mean i was on her side of her versus mia when she got a drink thrown in her face i like i was like i'll stand wendy forever but i don't know she's not amazing to watch yeah really i mean i like i love eddie mm-hmm. he's he's fun and yeah. sweet, a good house husband but i don't know I, I don't know if there's a lot of merit to dr wendy so far right um yeah. Uh, 
Who else is there? That's it. They I think... keep trying to bring back Sharice. Uh, yeah, Sharice. All the time. Yeah, Sharice does not give a lot. I mean, there's a reason why Sharice was, I think, fired Axed. after. Yeah. So what? So this season, <laughs> we're like running on fumes about <laughs> Potomac. It's like, this season is just the aftermath of Robin and Juan and them making their that relationship uh talk a, a patreon exclusive which andy okay. and bravo hated so bad now they're like now they're like making that the focus of everything like yeah. reminding the audience and telling the audience that like you're not missing anything about this we're gonna delve into this as much as possible that's why like every scene is getting robin to like talk about it right even though robin is like in that i don't care mindset right and then um candace is going to have to figure out how to forgive uh, Giselle and Ashley, I guess, if she if she doesn't want the group to be completely divided. But did you like that she did not want Drew Sedora on tour with her? That was a wild revelation. <laughs> I was like, what did Drew do to you? <laughs> she was like, I'm good on that. I think my read of that was that Drew asked Candace for a, for some, you know, help, like like to promote Drew's business. And they must have been close enough to be like, Candace, would you come on to my show, Atlanta, and like sing a duet with me or whatever? And obviously, I think Candace doesn't think Drew is like, I don't know, that much of a star, even though I think I like Drew's music. But I, I just think that Candace is like, I already helped Drew. That was it. Yeah. And then she wanted to give a polite reason for why she doesn't want to continue to do that, you know? Yeah. But I, I, didn't, I didn't read that it was like specifically like, I don't like Drew anymore. Yeah. I'm sure she was like, yeah, I just want to be on Atlanta Housewives. That's yeah. That. Yeah. 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 So right. w- is that it? Wow. <laughs> Three yeah, I episodes? feel like nothing's really happened. Yeah. I mean, Potomac is, I guess my general thoughts are that um, Giselle and Ashley are so um, fake and so unsubtly shitsters to a degree to which I've never seen before. Like Giselle's shitstering is like on another level. I mean, it's like, I can't even believe it's happening she's just gets free reign to just like we said about the chris thing just talk all the shit she wants and not really have any repercussions i feel like that's why karen huger hates giselle Mm -hmm. like secretly or they have this like simmering rivalry so giselle and ashley are hard pill to swallow i like candace i love chris their relationship is actually you know fun to watch and then i like karen huger but um i don't know it's like a bad ratio of compelling cast members right Mm -hmm. yeah I always, I feel like it's always been kind of like a tier two for yeah, me. Yeah. But people love it. I know. I well, you know, I. It's like, people loved Salt Lake City up until, and then up until season four, I was like, I don't. I think Salt Lake City is tier two. Now I think this season is like amazing. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's just maybe a different sensibility, and people like it but yeah for me it's not it doesn't provide the most joy yeah i mean i really i've never been more miserable than trying to binge uh season six which was like the last covid season mm. it was just so so boring so <laughs> i do like that um drawing of karen that they show sometimes of like the woman that who was cheating that looked like her yeah karen said um that Juan was seen in georgetown <laughs> with another woman and she looked exactly like karen huger so they have a police sketch of karen it's that they keep goofy as hell yeah i mean there's nothing else right i mean they're introducing a new cast member um, yeah that's feuding with wendy or wendy's feuding with her because ashley darby stirred up shit and said that wendy's from a cursed household of 
right? A cursed yeah. household that prays to the ancient gods that give their kids to the <laughs> king and that now they're forever cursed Osu, right? Yeah. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But um, yeah, it's it's not, it's, I think it um, might've peaked at a certain point and now we're sort of in a slog period yeah. for Potomac. They need to shake it up. And I don't think that, Dr. Wendy and Mia are the best new additions. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Is yeah. that it? Certified turtle time stamp? On I that? guess so. Okay. All right. You, you have no <laughs> other thoughts. Not really. All right. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so those are our Potomac thoughts. Uh, I think we both are not so enthused. And until this season ramps up and gets better, I mean, we'll still talk about it and check in, but it's been on a, it's, it's, it's been on a low nadir for a while yeah. for me yeah and i don't even find i used to think giselle was like the absolute star and i was like ride or die for giselle and then seeing her without like uh not having that affection for her from seasons one through five when i just came back i was like giselle sucks she just like she just wants to deflect on everyone else and just bring up drama that's gonna hurt people i mean what she did to chris is like unforgivable like, I understand yeah. why Candace would hate her forever for the rest of her life. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, I just, like, I don't have, like, super bold opinions, high or low. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm like, Tepid. I'm like, Giselle's fine. Like, I don't hate her. I yeah. don't love her. I'm just like, yeah, she's fun. Like, meh. Yeah, I, I think I like her as a person. I just think that her position on the show as the ultimate stir the pot person her and ashley are like fighting for that position yeah who is going to bring up the most conflict in each scene and like stir shit up whether it's fake or not to provide entertainment is just so tiring to watch yeah for me. yeah and i used to love both of them so yeah i feel like candace has the most spin-off power yeah yeah candace is legitimately entertaining fun to watch she reads people to absolute filth yeah. where they're in the mud they can't even escape <laughs> from it and they like they're like your words are too powerful please tone it down it's yeah. like i'm just like it's awesome that she's that powerful yeah so yeah she she's definitely the one to to watch and then karen huger is just has a good moral compass and is always fun to watch like the perfect balance yeah she's goofy goofy and older which to me older housewives are always good to have yeah and then Robin just kind of sits there and you like what she's saying and doing. <laughs> and she provides a lot of conflict just by just sitting there right. and being who she is. Yep. Okay. All right. <laughs> Potomac. That's Potomac thoughts. All right. We're gonna, I'm going to take a certified turtle piss. I don't know if okay. you have to. Go ahead. Okay. I'm going to do that. And then we're going to come back. We're going to recap Southern Charm, Salt Lake City, and what's that last thing? Winter House. Winter House. And then Beverly Hills is going to be on hiatus for us until next week. Yes. All right. Okay. We love you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We're back. Hello. The Southern Charm Minute begins. Yeah. Uh, I did see... Did we talk about this? Uh, there was some goss out of um, BravoCon about Shep's behavior. Oh. 
No, we didn't talk about it. Did you see this? Yeah, I think I sent it. I sent you a TikTok uh, about. Was it on Jeff Lewis's podcast? I don't know who the hell was talking about it. I didn't know either of them, but they talked about his drunken <laughs> behavior at the craps table. Or I think we table. saw from afar. I think it was within moments of us experiencing him ourselves. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, we uh, we can corroborate firsthand that <laughs> Chef was drunk as a skunk. For sure. But we didn't witness any mean behavior. No. But I totally believe what they said. They were like... The guy, he was like, stack your chips, sir. And Shep was like, you stack my chips, right? <laughs> yeah, something like that. It didn't sound it didn't sound that bad. It sounded like he was just drunk as hell. Mm, I bet he's an asshole. Oh, really? <laughs> wow. When did this happen? The person was like, I literally had to leave the table because I was so disgusted by the way he was treating the dealer. Okay. Yeah. All right. But with, with the examples they brought up, I didn't think were that wild. I mean, if you were sitting with a friend and the person was like, sir, you must stack your chips. That's the rules. And he goes, you fucking stack my chips. Yeah, I'd be right. horrified. I'm not exactly sure why I'm defending <laughs> Chef as being an asshole when that's maybe top five characteristics about him, that he's mean-spirited Belligerent. and an asshole. I just, I have such an affinity for him now um, after encountering him at BravoCon. Sure, but he was like... His soul was not within his body when we met him. He, I, I feel though that his moral character has gone from he was almost sociopathic serial killer vibes early Southern Charm, and mm-hmm. now I believe he's had a little bit of the Grinch heart has gone from a little piece of coal to like maybe two sizes bigger. In my opinion, hmm. do you think he's getting worse? He seems to be unraveling. In my opinion, oh my god, wow, okay, like that. Uh, Linfield? Is that where they went? Where'd they go? The cabin? Yeah. Uh, He, I feel like we got a glimpse into the darkness again on that one. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. But thought experiment. We (laughs) saw the darkness of Sutton when she didn't like the spread eagle magic mic thing. She had a full-blown freak out. None of it was justifiable, but she was drunk as hell. And we said every once in a while, a drunk person has a freak out. Do you think Shep's drunken freakout, was it more indicative of his behavior than it was an outlier? Like, yes. Okay. All right. So that was him. That was a peek <laughs> into his soul. Like, I don't think anyone was particularly surprised. I mean, I think they were surprised that he said that he, it was fun to cheat on Taylor. Like, they were like, whoa, didn't think you would take it that far. Yeah. But uh, we've seen before his anger about losing games yes oh i want to play ping pong against him so bad (laughs) that's too scary he'll get so pissed if you win i don't care if he gets pissed i've seen people freak out after losing a ping pong i guess i sort of have a jack's um empathy towards shep where you know i don't i have a high tall we've talked about i have a high tolerance for how horrible someone can be and how horrible someone could treat me personally but um i do know that it sounded legitimate, those things we heard about what he was doing at the, at the, what, black, was it blackjack? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, we saw him drunk as hell. And he does, he treats Taylor like shit. He yeah. called her a moron, <laughs> fucking moron on camera. So who knows the horrors that we didn't even witness on camera. Yeah, I just feel like, I don't know if it's that, obviously he's been drunk for the entire run of the show, but maybe it's just because he's getting older, it's becoming less and less attractive yeah like it just is getting more bummer as the years go on i mean he's on the t-rav train yeah right yeah i mean he is like he 
like in five years or three years if Southern Charm continues, like he will be where T Rap was at the start of Southern Charm. Yeah, because I mean, generally he's in comparison to Craig and Austin, who are younger. So I mean, Austin is also poorly behaved, but he doesn't reek of sadness yet. Yeah. I, I I find Austin to be the exact middle of Craig and Shep. Yeah, like he is like morally neutral yeah craig is i would say like chaotic good shep is like possibly chaotic evil, evil or yeah. or you know i'm not gonna call him evil but you know more on the, on the morally like he is like what ha- we've talked about this what happens if you're just rich as hell you've been overly loved by your parents they said you can do no wrong you have no responsibility yeah you have no there's no incentive to do anything other than what you purely want to do at any time. Yeah. That can lead anyone. Well, if you already have sort of a morally gray, I think, compass, that can lead you to Shep's trajectory. Right. And then Austin is like, I see what he's Shep does. He's teetering either direction. Like, I feel like he's one good relationship away from either joining Craig on the good side or yes. never settling down and becoming more Shep. Yeah. I-, I see him really teetering the line as well. I feel like he has more good characteristics and he could have a... Um, you know, yeah, a, a beautiful, you know, future, more like Craig, but I feel like he sees Shep's lifestyle, like Shep said. He's like, you've, you've, what, what, did, what did Shep say? He's like, you wanted to be me since day one. Yeah. I feel like there's something alluring for a guy like Austin about Shep's life, libertine lifestyle. I can't imagine that someone looks at Shep's life and envies it. There are, I mean, there are people that I think would be like, he's rich as hell. He had, you know, I mean, I know, it just like, but the diminishing returns, diminishing like returns. I like to party too, but like, it's just getting sad. Okay. All right. Yeah. I <laughs> I don't know. I'm, di- I'm divided. And I he can- keeps bringing it up. Like it's clearly weighing on him. Like I feel like he's bringing up more than ever that he's like, hmm, like will I ever commit? Like I, like when they were having that conversation about like nightlife, because yeah. Craig and Paige were saying how like when she's in town, we like to stay home because we never see each other or mm-hmm. whatever. And um, Shep's like, well, I'll never see her if she's not out on the town or whatever. And he was like, kind of made a joke about like, he's like, I'm old as fuck and I'm still going out every night, you know, that kind of a thing. It's it's like kind of funny that he like wants to meet Paige or whatever. It's like, I don't know how Paige is going (laughs) to respond to you. Right. Like you guys just talking one on one. Right. You know? Um, Yeah, you're you're right. I guess I, I forgot my point, except that I think that Shep, if he's being fake on the show it's about his urge for a relationship i feel like he will never get married he never wants a long-term relationship he wants to be a bachelor for even longer than t-rav was like he's not a monogamous person he'll never do it again and anytime he's like says he has feelings for someone will probably be for you know to just because that's what people would do like he thinks that that's what people will like look for him or to him for i'm also like whatever i'll just say it I don't think that if anyone was going to break his wild stallion ways that it was going to be Taylor. Yeah. Like she's kind of like, I'm sorry, I'm going to be honest, ordinary. I still can't believe that all this drama is about this woman. There's like three men that are obsessed with her on this show. And I'm like, what is it about her that's so incredible? Okay. So I think JT is religious and he's not talking about it. And he loves that how godly Taylor is. And like, that's a huge draw for people. It's kind of like what Leva and Madison were saying that she is like this white glove, like someone you treat with like, like a virginal 
beautiful person, like like or whatever. Yeah. They, they have a what's that called? Like the mother and the oh yeah, Madonna whore. You said that, Madonna. Yeah, whore. Yeah. yeah. They have a Madonna and a whore complex. Madonna is um is Taylor, and they just never met someone. But she acts like a whore. Right. She embodies. <laughs> These dual spirits or whatever. <laughs> I think Taylor is just very confused, and um, we never we haven't talked about it. I don't think, but we like what happened here on Southern Charm is like what Raquel's trajectory could have been if she hadn't gone nuclear, pressed yeah. the red button, <laughs> and decided to cheat and you know fuck Sandoval while Ariana was away. Like she did the most egregious ten out of ten version of what you do when you are like hurt. Yeah, like Raquel was so much more hurt by her breakup than, than, by, with James than we realized because everything else overshadowed it. This is what Raquel could have been, right? You know what I mean? Like this is like the very small fraction of of the journey that Raquel took. The Taylor's on. I want to make Shep jealous. I sent nude photos. I right. kissed Austin or whatever, and then we get to we're we're wading through this a lot more with taylor now because raquel's was so wild that like that took all the attention it was like what was happening on season 10 until scandal where yes. she was like hooked up with oliver yes, and was exactly kissed um schwartz yes. where everyone was like what the fuck are you doing exactly like we're, we're seeing both of them just raquel did the wildest version of what you yeah. do when you're scorned right or, you, or, or you're you're hurt so um yeah i guess to answer your question of why people are so like um, I, I don't know. You're you're right. I don't see Taylor as good for Shep. She never no. wanted to rein him in. She was more like a Britney to Jax. Right. Where it's like, I will let everything egregious this man does, he can do, because I don't want to lose him. Right. I mean, like, we've said it before, but I'm like, will Shep, if he found a woman that was a true intellectual match. Lindsay that Lebert. like, oh God. No, don't you think, come on. No. You said rein it. She's okay. terrible. But you called uh, him a stallion, right? Yeah. Don't for a stallion. Don't you need a full blown? Uh, what's it called? Horse bronco buster, right? <laughs> like, when, don't you think there is some power to Lindsay and Shep? From Bible bonker to bronco buster. Yeah. Don't you think Lindsay would whip Shep into shape, and he might like her? Her, you know. Her I think person? they would like. There would be like a murder suicide. Like it would be something terrible, double so, homicide. So chaotic, <laughs> two chaotic evils. Yeah, mixed too much. Okay, too much flame. Too much flame. Okay, um, yeah, you're probably right. But I was, <laughs> I watched the second Twilight film, New Moon, this week. I've been watching them with friends one by one, and it's very the funny thing about it is that Edward is a hundred and nine years old. Uh huh. So, first of all, he's like a pervert because he's dating a 17-year-old. Well, they, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> second of a, all. He's a pervert. Uh, it's just so funny. Like, in the second one, it's like a Romeo and Juliet situation where he thinks that she's dead. So, he is on a mission to kill himself because he can't live without her. And I was just, like, laughing because I'm like, he's literally lived on Earth for over 100 years. And he's like... This fucking teenager's driving me wild. I can't. She's so amazing. I can't live without her. And you're like, what's so good about her? Right. Like so she's giving a little bit of Taylor energy. Right. Like I'm like, what's all the fucking fuss about? She's like, very whatever to me. Yeah, that's uh, that's <laughs> on Kristen Stewart's performance a little bit. Because <laughs> sure. if that was played by a better actor, like someone's more going on. Seyfried. Yeah. Oh, something. That's your pick. Well, I, I was just thinking for very quickly. <laughs> she's she's got a lot going on. Like in in um. Like in um, Jennifer's body, okay. like she's she has more complex emotions. She's a better actor. 
Yeah. So I'm just saying, if it was someone that could really convey Juliet, like, <laughs> like this is the best person I'll ever meet in my Soul life. Soul beyond her years. Yeah, but Kristen Stewart just is not giving that. Yeah. You know, there's a take in Twilight where Edward first walks in the room and, like, the wind starts blowing when she <laughs> sees him. And she's like, this is the most attractive vampire I've ever seen. She, there's like a, she does, like, a burp. And I don't think they got another take of it because there's just a burp left in the cut where she goes, and, and you just see her, you see her burp on camera. So everybody watch Twilight again. That's my one big takeaway from it. But you're right. So are you, were you saying that Shep is like Edward? Not to give him that much credit, like, but he fancies himself a man of the world. Right. Well read. 109. Like he gets so excited when he goes to Patricia's house because he wants to be part of that worldly Mm -hmm. you know uh intellectual salon yeah and i'm like is taylor part of that like what does she even like what do you guys talk about right okay i'm i'm with you there i like taylor and i like to see the good in people but you're right i don't see the compelling power of taylor that is like making everyone like she's kind of simple if it was madison yeah she has a lot going on yeah if it was madison i could see i mean austin had his fucking mind blown by madison like i can see i can see seeking madison and being overwhelmed by her but yeah taylor i'm not yeah i guess yeah like i don't even it's um i don't um i don't know what madison likes uh i don't know if she's well read or worldly but it doesn't matter because she has personality and is self-actualized whereas i feel like with Olivia and Taylor, I'm like, they're just like girls. Olivia is cool and powerful. She likes Elvis. I guess. That's like the only thing she has. Um, okay. Well, I can't I can't make my case for Olivia right now. I, I find <laughs> Olivia more compelling than um, Taylor so far. I like her more than Taylor, but like as far as, you know, let's talk about, I feel like Paige is another self-actualized yeah. Girl, and so when they have those conversations about her coming to Charleston and making friends, notice she doesn't give a shit about hanging out with Taylor or Olivia. Yeah, I was just gonna say that you can. T- that's that means something that Madison is the one that's like. <laughs> yeah, know, like, do you want to hang out with Taylor? I don't. <laughs> I would personally. I would hang out with Taylor and Olivia, but I know what you mean. I I, I get your point. Um, I'll say it. I think they're duds. So, <gasps> Olivia too. I just don't care. Like, I'm like, after this drama's over, like, we can move on. Okay. All right. I, <laughs> I, I, for some reason, my brain is not allowing me to make my case for Olivia right now. Um, I, I think Unless she's... she just starts dressing like Elvis all the time. I mean, that would be awesome. And I wouldn't even have to make my case for her. I think Olivia is more compelling, but you are possibly right that because of what's going on in the show... She's compelling because of the narrative of this season. And without that, where will she be? Right. But I'm enjoying my Olivia journey. And now, I don't know exactly the timeline, but I assume now next season's going to be a huge part of it's going to be about Taylor's brother. Like, it's going to be like part two. Well, yeah, but not a huge part, because think about what they did with Olivia's brother. I mean, Rod's gotten to the point now where he's saying... I don't know what's going on with Olivia. Like she does not want anything to do with me. And it's like, Rod, a month ago, she lost her brother. Right. Like they, they really try to make Southern Charm lighthearted as fast as possible. Sure. I mean, we're getting to a royal <laughs> dinner. You know what the I mean? The royal reckoning. Yeah, the royal reckoning. I mean, so Taylor, Taylor's might have happened in the off season. They give her one episode about it. You know? Sure. You, I just mean like dynamic wise, that's going to like 
shake stuff up again about loyalties and like what's that going to do for Austin having to step in as a friend again because maybe he had like cast her aside a little bit but they're gonna have to bond over this again yeah so you're saying like will this be round two of like what we're already dealing with right I don't know I mean I like what we're dealing with yeah I just mean like it's gonna all three of those triangles have lost a sibling yeah so that's gonna be interesting yeah yeah for sure yeah I mean I have no idea what Southern Charm will be like next season because I don't know what's gonna happen next right we're gonna have to watch what happens live right (laughs) all right so this episode was called a royal reckoning right yeah and Sounds like one of our episode titles. I know. Did you like that? <laughs> yeah. This Now, this had a lot of things that I enjoy about it. Um, there was a lot of British culture that was um, discussed, yes. right? We found out a lot about Patricia and her relationship to Buckingham Palace. <laughs> right. And the king and queen. Yes. So she went to Buckingham Palace. I think I, think I, I, I read it or I heard it as tw- she's been there twice in 1974 <laughs> And in 2001, or I didn't know if it, in 2001 she just got sent the cake. 2005 was the oh, royal wedding. Oh, yeah, I think so. Okay, so I guess she went both times, right? I love that. I loved her um, showing off the menu, like the fancy feather menu yeah. that she kept, and yes. then the cake in the tin. That was exciting. I loved it too. I, I paused it just so I could see what the hell they were eating. Yeah. Summer pudding quail's eggs Ooh. lamb and it looked like yeah it looked really good i love that did uh, you get the sense that shep was impressed by that stuff <laughs> i think so i also did he like that when he walked in he went avon calling yeah, which was, i'm like he's so fucking old what does that mean <laughs> it's like the avon lady that would like come and sell you um makeup you know it's like that was the ultimate housewives job of like the uh i don't know 50s and through maybe the 80s like it would be like your mom would sell avon on the side oh so when he walked in the house he said avon calling yeah meaning like i'm selling the avon lady but it's like an old ass reference i'm like shep is old as fuck and he knew that patricia would get it and like it which is like i'm like taylor wouldn't know what he's talking why did about. he say calling like avon calling like avon here oh okay so you say calling when you <laughs> You are here in the house. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I, I didn't understand it at all. So I wanted to ask you about <laughs> what that meant. So Patricia wants to have another boys dinner, right? And the pretense for this one is let's go royal. I mean, this is as contrived totally. as a setting as Southern Charm will have. And Patricia didn't even get to participate. No, she blew the hell out of her back when she <laughs> woke up. It sounded so horrible. But they kept the whole party on yeah but she it it, her story was she just like got out of bed and like fractured her spine just from like standing or something i mean those steps are gonna get rough as she gets older it is so sad so she set this whole thing up she did all of it she got them beef wellington got hired those footmen and she can't even be a part of it whitney has to take on the responsibility (laughs) of hosting this boys dinner was whitney missing a tooth yeah, I think so. No, I'm, I, I actually didn't notice that. But <laughs> I think he might have been. Was he? Yeah. He's lost a tooth? Yeah. Oh, my God. Whitney. <laughs> um, so what... Oh, okay. So I guess, I mean, really the focus was this royal dinner. Was there any other scene you want to talk about? Like maybe, did you find any merit to JT and Taylor's picnic scene? <laughs> Again, I'm like, what? Like, it felt... I mean, I know this is always how these shows are, but this one felt particularly like 
everyone paired off for a lunch. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it yeah. was like one after the other. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. We, yeah, that, we talked about that with Beverly Hills when they were in Vegas. Yeah. They were like, come on, let's just make something happen while we're there. I mean, yeah, the, like, the Madison Vanita scene wasn't very compelling. Yeah. It was Paige just and Craig, Rod and Leva, JT and Taylor, um, Austin and Craig. It was just like yeah. everybody lined up in a row. Yeah. And, and really none of the scenes. I mean, I liked Paige and Craig's date. I thought that was sweet. Um, yeah. She talks about like how the possibility of getting pregnant that she would have to move to Charleston. She talks about um, how she has no friends there again. Right. right. It's like she's kind of they're making they're making Paige's like entree to, to Southern Charm or whatever or, or uh, Charleston to be like you know, a narrative for her. Like she's going to meet. <laughs> Do you think most long distance couples talk about whether or not one or the other is going to move every single time they see each other? <laughs> no. And I've told you already, I am, I'm tired of this. Yeah. I just want to see Craig and Paige interact as a couple without the one thing that they always talk about, which is like, how are we going to make this work? Like you both are going to make it work. You both are rich as hell. You both have jobs. It could be remote. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, and, and you could, they could be, it's not bi-coastal. They could live in two cities easily and just do six months there, six months apart. It's like, this relationship doesn't have the hurdle that they think it does, right. in my opinion. Yeah. Um, And if Craig wants to be nice, he would go to New York more. Right. You know, and be with Paige. Because I think Paige's reason for being in New York is probably... uh. Uh, more powerful than Craig's to be in Charleston. Right. Do you think it's just because they're filming his show right now that she has to come there? Yeah. yeah she's coming as often as she can, you know, like she's coming like every week to yeah. film. Totally. Um, I did enjoy Rod and Leva's Persian connection. I was like, we should get them on Shaw's of sunset, bring back Shaw's of sunset and import. It could be, they could have a spinoff Shaw's of, charleston <laughs> so were they I, i've never seen shahs of sunset are they they're persian yeah oh wow okay like yeah Ar they were they iranian were, they were talking leva was talking about like why olivia doesn't love rod yeah right what <laughs> <laughs> they they sat down and they're per so let's just say generally i think you're right these scenes where it was just leading up to the royal dinner and the royal dinner was the main focus of this episode these scenes didn't pop very much filler yeah, all these one on one. Do they imply that Leva owned the establishment Bourbon and Bubbles? I don't know. What, what because she said something along the lines of like, we sell a lot of these. And the way she was talking to the bartender, it was like she like owned the place. Okay. Yeah, maybe but she did. I don't know. Or, or maybe she was talking about how her restaurant she sells. Yeah. A oh, lot yeah, of maybe. Um, but I, I do think that scene, she was sort of like explaining to Rod why Olivia is not into him right now. Right. Because Rod wants to like settle down and get married. Um, and have start a family. He's at that stage, and she was like, "I think Olivia is more um, in the the devil I know mode, where like she's n uncomfortable about like maybe starting a new relationship with someone that's like good for her." So she gives a lot of rationale for why Olivia sort of kicked Rod to the curb, yeah, um, a little bit. And then Rod says, "Like, yeah, I don't know. She just seems like we started very good, and then we got to this like." Uh, lol or whatever and he's like I don't really know what happened it might be Austin or whatever but he's just not like I already said he's not specifically saying Olivia just got dealt a horrible hand in her life right now she's potentially still grieving I would sure. assume you know and it's like so everything she does now is like sort of justifiable in grief and like I think Rod should know enough to where it's like abandon this storyline right like I mean it's the only thing he has without I, that tie he's 
off in the river. <laughs> off in that, in that fly fishy, <laughs> yeah. fly fishy river going down without a paddle. Because he's not like particularly close with anyone. I I know. And then we sort of get a sense of where the, the guy's standing is when only Rodrigo gets invited to that boys' dinner. Oh, I was right. like, how the hell are you going to shun JT and Rod? We've just seen them as new cast members. It'd be such an olive branch to invite them to. Sure. That dinner would have been more compelling with them. Why did they not get the invite? Yeah. It was almost like, we're the... Think we're about the that. Huh? I didn't even think about that. We're the core. We're the core group. Let's just have something for us. But Rodrigo gets to come. Right. And Rodrigo felt he very... He seemed like he hated it. Yeah, he was very uncomfortable. He was like, you guys are assholes. <laughs> I think Rodrigo is like, why am I on this show? Yeah. Like, he, he's he's great, and I like him. I think he... Well, actually, didn't you told me he was a complete <laughs> I monster. really wish I screenshotted that. You, you have to. Uh, next time... Next I don't... Time. Was that on the main feed? Uh, I can't keep it straight, but long story short, I saw on the way home from BravoCon, Rodrigo took a photo of the woman next to him on the plane with her feet up on the wall and said, look at this nasty ass bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Nasty ass bitch. Um, Yeah. So it's, yeah, that, that gave me a little peek into uh, Rodrigo that I didn't want to see. But other, if I hadn't known he called someone, you know, a nasty ass bitch, I would have thought he's a good guy, but I didn't, if you're uncomfortable in this royal beautiful royal dinner i mean like that could have been the time of someone's life jt would have loved it yeah yeah and i just so i guess rodrigo might just legitimately be more of their friend and and whitney already i think doesn't like jt yeah we learned from shep that whitney doesn't like jt rod might also they might feel like these are the new crop of guys that are trying to take them down so they just wanted this like sacred event it didn't make sense because it makes us think about the alliances in this group. Like, sure. why wouldn't Rod and JT get the invite? Right. Um, quickly, to go to the Taylor-JT uh, picnic yeah. or whatever, yeah. um, did you like when Taylor called herself a simp for Shep? She did? Yeah. I didn't hear her say that. Yeah, she called herself a simp. And then um, JT was talking about how she's, like, you know, flame-throwing everyone because she's been burned herself or whatever. And he goes, yes, you're a queen, but you shouldn't abuse your power. And I'm like, why is he so obsessed with her? That would be his tagline. Yeah. Taylor's a queen, but she shouldn't abuse her power. It's like about yeah. Taylor. He should be dressed like a little footman and like Taylor's in the background. And like, she's dancing behind him. Like how they're doing they, like they... Riley. Uh, What's that? Um, Candy's daughter. Oh, yeah. Remember yeah she no. like dances. Yeah. yeah. We should have an intro where JT goes, Taylor's a queen, but she shouldn't abuse her power. And then Taylor is dancing in the background of JT's intro. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then she goes, she starts to, I think it's maybe in, it's either in person with him or in her confessional or both where she starts being like, people fuck their best friend's uh, boyfriend all the time. She's yeah. like, tale as old as time, not uncommon. And I'm like, don't go down that road. Right. <laughs> Taylor is trying to justify her egregious behavior that is so out out of character for her, and everyone thinks it's out of character, by saying these are normal things. Who hasn't hooked up <laughs> with a, um, the best friend of their significant other the minute after they end a relationship? Who I think that everyone should be naked. God wants us all naked, so everyone should be naked in the world. It's like, Taylor, that's not how you feel. Right. None of this... You shouldn't try to justify any of this, but you should just say, I was hurt and I lashed out and I'm doing things I never thought I would do in my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. Just trying to justify everything. Yeah. Two questions for you. I think I'm going to forget one of them. (laughs) How much of JT's love and passion for Taylor is legitimate and honest and how much of it is a storyline for the show? What would you, what's your gauge of that? Um, I mean, 
I would say it was more bullshit, except that they have spent time together before the show, including in Europe, which I feel like lends some uh, they really validity. Lean on that story, though. Sure, but I don't know. I mean, I I think he's probably exaggerating a bit, and he, again, he doesn't have much going on, so he's trying to insert himself as his storyline is being horrified about the, how the guys treat you. Okay, sure. so are, would you say like eighty twenty? 80% real and 20% a little mustard added. 70-30. <laughs> okay. And then what <laughs> is, I remembered my second question, what is Taylor's affection for <laughs> JT? Like 10%. So Southern Charm cast a bunch of boys, new boys, and no one wants anything to do with them, uh, any of the cast members. It's like unsanctioned. Like it's like from the, the top down, not organic you know these boys yeah and even whitney was like please for the love of god don't have jt on my show i hate that (laughs) that guy and they're like no jt is like too bad yeah so is it is kind of a flop in a sense that no relationships are going to stem from these new guys that were cast because our uh female cast members don't want anything to do with them right yeah is that that is that is a, a a con right you can't manufacture that fire of those uh, being attracted to an asshole, you know? Yeah. And, and, and that's just, that's just what it is. Right. Yeah. But also a little bit of it is the power of these cast members. Like they're just attracted probably more to the people who have been on this show for a really long time. Yeah. And they know them more. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, um, did you like when Craig said that he'd be happy bartending on an Island for life? I loved it. Yeah. I love that. That was so sweet of him to say that. <laughs> he doesn't want to be schlepping, uh, hawking pillows all the time. No. He's, I mean, I, I'm sure that that business is close to, well, besides him being the face of it and the influencer, I mean, I'm sure he's, can he get to the place where that's 10% of his energy and that just Self-run. runs? Self-run. Yeah. That, yeah. He's got that manager. Remember yeah. when you met that manager? Uh, at did? BravoCon. Yeah, he was the one managing the line. Oh, okay. And he goes, don't let any fans use their own phones to take a photo of Craig, like with their own stuff. We have to take all the photos. Oh. He was like pissed. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I was going to tell you quickly that uh, I was, uh, when I was listening to the Trixie Katia podcast, that Trixie was at Amoeba and um, Nancy Sinatra was there Whoa. doing like a signing or something like that. And um, Trixie's a huge fan and like performs her songs and stuff like that. And, but just decided to wait in the massive line like normal. But their little turtle cuties, whatever they're called, there was a fan at the front of the line that was like, last time I met you, you were so nice to me. Do you want to come in line with me? And she was like, hell yeah. Wow. So sometimes when you have a podcast, you get to cut the line. That's amazing. So yeah, for people (laughs) who don't know what we're talking about, listen to our BravoCon Patreon episode where we got a little bit of special line treatment, right? Yeah, you got to meet Craig right away. Yeah. Okay, Um, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but Vanita scenes um, are anti-charisma or anti-whatever is compelling about um, a scene. I might as well have not taken notes on that. It, the, the You can just sum it up in one sentence. Madison is considering having children with Brett. Sure. Right? Yeah. But Vanita kept saying, like, I just got back from Fashion Week. It was the wildest thing I've ever done. <laughs> and Madison goes, oh, my God, I'm so happy for you. And then it's just kind of like, there's just nothing to talk she about. She goes, Madison is married and I have a boyfriend. Who would have thought? And I'm like, I Any? didn't think anything. Like, <laughs> I don't anyone. know your life. Like, <laughs> yeah, you have 
congrats you have a boyfriend i don't care (laughs) um okay and then yeah austin and craig are going over like what happened in the mountains craig you know craig is holding firm that what austin did is terrible like he's you know and he's like i don't think shep is over that and you know you're gonna have to deal with it and austin is like basically saying he's gonna wipe his hands of taylor after she slept with Shep in the mountains because he's like I'm not gonna be her shoulder to cry on anymore she is gonna keep doing this to herself he said that was one of the most pathetic maneuvers I've ever seen kind of rude yeah 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 okay I think it, I think it's a harsh truth it is true but I'm like you don't have to be a dick about it yeah he didn't have to go that far I guess but yeah you're you're right his tolerance for Taylor he's not gonna be there for her when this ends up burning her again yeah. Shep is so clearly honest about his intentions which are like you do whatever you want, but this doesn't mean anything to me. You know? I mean, he's saying yeah. that pretty explicitly. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. All right. So then we get Boys to- dinner. Yes. Now. Okay. So Whitney is running around like a chicken with his head cut off because he has no idea where the serving plates are. He has no idea why Patricia hired 16 footmen <laughs> to- There was too many footmen. It was- Yeah. There it- could have been one per- Yeah. It was like triple. You think JT and Rod- got the got a last minute cut and they Maybe. had a footman per every person. Maybe they didn't even fill up the whole table. They were like no. empty seats. Also, was that was that Patricia's best table? That that round table? Oh yeah. Is that a secondary area? Cuz I, I would imagine she would have a big long like classic dinner table like a right. 12 person or Maybe something. Maybe she didn't put the leaf in. Oh, oh to expand it a little. <laughs> yeah, cuz there were so few. So they get there. The attire is smoking jackets, right? <laughs> they were giving Amazon.com. Yeah. <laughs> you think, yeah, they rushed it. At first I wrote down Shep in smoking jacket and then I crossed it out and I was like, everyone in smoking jacket. Yes. And now this dinner overall, just generally, I will say, um, it was sort of a flop in terms of like the entertainment value mm-hmm. for me it didn't get as fun as i thought it could yeah i think because they, they they did feel it there just wasn't enough people there right. it felt like craig was fucked up yeah, the craig, second he walked in the door craig loves to get drunk at patricia's house he like loves it <laughs> but he like showed up fucked up yeah drunk i'm like what hell. did you guys do before i haven't seen him like that in a while mm, he was drunk as hell at uh, in at the cabin he was all like okay. yeah, red yeah. face he was faking like he was gonna punch austin in the face his hair was That's all true he, he was drunk as hell but they all arrive. For some reason, Rodrigo got the coveted invite. <laughs> yeah. Not JT and Rod. Yeah. Um, then Shep, I, I say this every week, he looks like the cat that got the canary in his mouth. He <laughs> tells Austin immediately, he goes, hey, Austin, just so you know, Taylor's car and her dog is at my house. And Austin goes, okay, right? I mean, it's a weird thing to say. You're like, congrats, like yeah. your ex-girlfriend. Like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Austin was like, I don't know what to do with that information. I mean, that's what he was thinking. Like, Yeah, and they're I... like, Austin, why are you being so quiet? He's like, I'm just reveling in y'all's company. Yeah. Also, I'm just going to say to the ladies or anyone who likes to look at a man, Austin looks good in glasses. I like it. Damn. He should wear them all the time. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. I what? like it. Um, Is that rare? <laughs> uh, I just, it's, he looks good in them. And then when you see him without them immediately after, you're like, you should wear glasses, mm. you know? Okay. Uh, yeah, I wasn't thinking of that, but you're you're right. I thought <laughs> he looked handsome too. Um, he goes, he doesn't want to get into it because he knows Shep is sort of like not baiting him, but like calling out like, Austin, your relationship with Taylor is something. So I'm just telling you what's going on. Like, so that you're in the know. And Austin is like, I don't want anything to do with this. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I'm out. 
Right. And also they start to say that Austin is so sort of uncomfortable because of Shep's lashing out in Linville. Was that where it was? Yeah. North Carolina. That like Austin's kind of like taking a back seat because Shep really, you know, uh, reamed him. Yeah. In the cabin. For sure. So Austin's sort of like on autopilot a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then we get an inorganic trip pitch. Uh, Craig's like wasted. He's like, I've been wanting to take Paige to Jamaica. Fuck it. We'll all go. Yeah. Now, why the hell? Why? I know they have to have a trip every season. Why do they have to do such a fake version? I mean, I guess it's just too much to just say the production is paying for us all to go to Jamaica. Yeah. But these are these scenes are just the the most fake they could ever be. I mean, it was funny because I watched um, Salt Lake City immediately after, and they did yeah. the exact same thing. It's like I I. I don't know why they have to just justify these yeah. trips like this. It's the one <laughs> thing where you, anyone could be like, okay, this is the fakest shit I've ever seen. Like, yeah. I did we're like going to celebrate uh, Monica's childhood. Heather was like, a passport mandatory location. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> they've never been able to leave the country during oh, right, Jen's, right, right, uh, right. arrest era. Right. Um, so, yeah, I guess, you know. So they're going to, the cast is going to go to Jamaica. It's a getting to know Paige trip. <laughs> I guess. You know, you got to go And to everyone's invited. Everybody. Do you think Paige will like this Jamaica trip where the whole purpose of it is for everybody to get to know her? Uh, I bet she'll like barely be in it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like she'll just be like in the background. Um, that beef Wellington looked good. Oh my God. I yeah. don't even so, eat beef, but it looked good. So the footmen bring out this meal. It's asparagus. It's huge portions of beef Wellington. Craig astutely points out that you never get beef Wellington <laughs> as a full meal anymore because no one wants to Only go to the trouble. Durves. Yeah. And a, they, a lot of them comment and say, this is the best thing we've ever had. Craig says the they best. They were thing. really like, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> It was almost like, I probably think they had to edit out five minutes of pure eating where they were just like, wait. They I'm, gave it like a full minute. Everyone was like, damn, <laughs> this tastes good. No, oh, I love this. It seemed like it really tasted good. And while they're talking, um, Craig makes it his drunken mission to highlight what his his what's this his cross to bear yeah which is that when people have issues with exes you have to talk about it nonstop, and you <laughs> might never be able to forgive someone for what they did yeah so he's just really trying to say shep tell austin everything you feel because it's going to just keep boiling up if you don't get it out right i would have a hard time ever forgiving my friend for doing anything with Paige if it was right. on me so just tell your true feelings and shep's like I don't feel that way. Yeah. Right. And Austin was like, bro, you were on like a whiskey rampage. Yes. Right. Which Shep was. I mean, we, totally. we, we talked about it. That was a full blown rampage. Um, yeah. It's kind of like the way that this like, I don't know, exploded or didn't like it kind of just was unpleasant. And then Shep was like, I'm fucking out of here. Yeah, no, no, it, it never got, it never became a full-blown fight, which I didn't need it to be a fight. It could yeah. have just been them having fun and enjoying Beef Wellington. It felt like Craig wanted to bring something up, which is something he, you know, he's he's continuing to bring up. He's just yeah. like, how can you not feel the way I feel about this? I would yeah. feel horrible if someone tried to make out with Paige or whatever, like Whitney specifically did with Naomi. Right. You know? Shep, though. Was Whitney sitting down at the table? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh. 
Shep is like, I'm going to leave, which felt very premature. Um, but then Craig follows him out and is sort of like giving him advice. And is like, you should tell him how you feel or whatever. And Shep's like, do you think that I didn't? And I was like, oh, he actually cares what Craig is saying right now. No, it was like it was, he wants it, to know what's going on. Yeah, it was kind of sweet. And then they give a like Craig. He was like, Shep. I love you. Yeah. Craig <laughs> goes, I love you. He goes, I know you do, buddy. And like they hug and it, it was sweet. I mean, I, I think Shep's estimation of craig has like skyrocketed since the beginning but i feel like something was missing i was like why did he actually leave i think the i think the i think the scene like this dinner fizzled out and didn't culminate in what they would think a coveted patricia dinner would be rod also is just sitting there grimacing going like i'm gonna go in the back room and not be here like he was just really (laughs) uncomfortable which is not what you want and he left too yeah right left yeah and he seemed he seemed like like bummed out that this was what the night was like and i so i do think it was kind of like a flop and shep was like okay we we did the whatever we needed to do here i'm leaving yeah i just it's shocking for shep to leave a party early and not want to do cigar hour yeah i know yeah and they eat that baked alaska (laughs) yeah um and then also looked good they craig and austin want to continue the the party journey which i'm glad they did because it made something out of this party they go to smoke uh cigars outside yeah horrifying to see austin pee off the side of the terrace i know at patricia's house i know and then they they panned up and patricia was watching <laughs> you see that <laughs> the lady in the window but seriously <laughs> if if and when she sees that she's gonna be disgusted i i know like, i go to the bathroom you're not i understand like kyle doing that in the snow or yeah. like at the rental property who gives a shit right but like patricia's house yeah i was yeah at least pee in the pool <laughs> god dear god yeah you're right he shouldn't have he should have walked his ass to the bathroom but he decided to go off into the hedges Um, and then craig says let's get down to goddamn business dude this is where things get a little interesting craig goes tell me for god's sakes what the hell actually happened i'm tired of this you know bullshit and i think because now taylor officially went back to shep it's like no hold barred i'm saying what happened nothing matters anymore right it's like oh it's over i'm telling the truth we find out get out your yarn wall because we need a timeline i have a hard time keeping track oh because the details are murky at best what's the yarn wall like you know on like homeland when she is like trying to catch terrace and puts all the details together oh right i've never seen homeland but now i know exactly what you're talking about <laughs> or when it's always sunny or whatever you've yes. seen it yes yeah um what are, what are those called i don't know yeah 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 you're right yarn wall you're right yeah, yeah your yarn wall so we get out we finally get our yarn wall scene so we find out that Taylor instigated officially, and Austin was just a recipient of a makeout. Like, he's probably drunk as hell. They were jamming. He goes, we were jamming out. Craig goes, what do you mean? He goes, we were jamming. What do you think that means? To he me, goes, that means they were playing instruments. Me too. I said, were you I had you a banging? whole scene in my head of them playing guitars or something. I know. I, were you playing guitar and Taylor was playing bongo drums and you kissed? Because jamming <laughs> would be means cool. making, making music. Yeah. But no. They were dancing. Yeah. They were dancing. And then I loved when they put Whitney in there and they said, let's recreate it. <laughs> so um, Austin had his back to At his house. Taylor. Yep. And they were listening. I don't know what, we don't know what music. I don't even want to speculate. Shock me like an electric eel. And, uh, Baby girl. Dun, dun. You got me like an electric eel. And then he went to turn back like, Taylor, do you, did you see the dance move I just did? And the minute he looks back at her, Taylor goes, I'm going to make out with you so bad. Full-blown make out. Yeah. But he says again. So Taylor instigated it. 
To him, it meant so little, but he doesn't say this. He says, I don't want to say it meant nothing to me, but it didn't mean so much to me where I felt like it was worth talking about. Which, uh-huh. I, I don't know, I, I can kind of understand that a little more. A uh-huh. drunken, sloppy make out in the kitchen once, if that's true. Right. I sort of get why it doesn't rise to the occasion that everybody should talk about this. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, and, um, oh, sorry. Yeah, he also, he says that at one point, because they bring up, their chemistry and he said austin had chemistry with taylor before yes. shep ever locked it down they were at a place called the commodore or something and i think it could have been a choose your own adventure she could yeah. have gone with austin or shep so they were talking about how much they like to make out or something at the commodore there yeah. was sexual tension and then i guess just shep the shep energy beam was too strong yeah. got taylor but it could have it's just like as well chelsea been. round two right exactly right um, so, uh, yeah. And then Craig, um, says, you know, so you didn't sleep together. He goes, no, absolutely not. Right. Yeah. And then he's like there, he's like, so you guys were like making out in your bedroom. And he's like, no, it wasn't in uh, my bedroom. It was in my kitchen. And he goes, I thought it was in New York. And yes. he's like, no. And he's like, last time you guys said it was in New York. And he was like, he looks a little bit like he got caught. I, I I got the opposite sense. I felt like he never said that detail of the story. We heard that from Taylor. And then when they show the flashback, Taylor said, after, after. New York. So this so, happened after New York. Yeah. So I feel like Craig had what we thought. You know, he has the same exact information that we have, which is just like, we're confused. Right. And he just thought that was a detail. But Austin goes, I never said it was in New York. Like, that, it wasn't yeah. in New York. So I think that we just like got led astray by what Taylor said. Right. Because then it was confusing yeah, her conversation with Olivia about because Olivia went to L.A. after New York. There's just all these details that yeah. are hard to pin down. And then but. Craig wants to make it a little foggier by saying like, oh, but the sleepovers happened recently, which sleepovers don't necessarily mean that she that they did more, you know, right. he, but he wants to plant the seed of doubt. So it's still mysterious. But I sort of I'm I'm. I'm leaning towards Austin's. Um, I, I felt like this was his chance to just fully be honest. And I think that this is what it's ultimately going to end up just being. Okay. You think more? I don't know. I'm kind of like over it. Yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, you were, I think you were over it like two or three episodes ago. So the, the <laughs> fact that we're still talking about this, I, I do feel like that's what this scene was. Yeah. It was like the Austin part of this is over. Austin just said, put all his cards on the table. It's over. She instigated it, which was a huge like detail that we didn't know. Right. And then now it's going to be more the fallout of Olivia and Taylor because yeah. their relationship actually ultimately matters more. Yeah. But hopefully something else happens. Hopefully. Something fun. I think Jamaica. Jamaica. JT potentially jumping up as high as he can and headbutting, headbutting Austin in the face. <laughs> he could never jump that high. No, I think he tries. <laughs> He does? Yeah, Craig puts out a stool and... Uh, oh, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I do think... You're right, yeah. Maybe, I don't know. There is a fight, though, coming between JT and Austin, I think. Okay. You haven't seen that little tease? Uh, Was it in the Jamaica montage? Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that... Are they going to be in Jamaica next week? The first six minutes of the episode came out, and it was like uh, Craig preparing for the trip, so I don't know if it's going to be at the end of this episode, and they'll probably do like a, you know, to be continued right. or whatever, but I, I don't know. All right. Okay. I'm down. So so are you still enjoying your Southern Charm ride, <laughs> even though they keep talking about Austin? And, uh... I am. Okay, good. I like it. All right. Yeah. Okay, so um, was that it? I think that was it I think for that. that. I think even though I loved everything about that British shit. Oh, oh, we didn't talk about Patricia showing 
Shep a little bit of that um, cake that she had that she's keeping oh, in yeah. the freezer. When is she going to eat that? Never. You don't think? I bet she'll sell it like at auction upon oh. her death. Oh, I think she should eat it with Whitney someday. <laughs> Can you eat it forever? Yeah. As long as if it's in the freezer. Yeah. For anyway, 30 years. I just thought that was of note. I thought it was sweet because it would have been really funny if when Shep said, can we eat it now? She said, yes. <laughs> that would have been wild. Yeah. I would love to see that. Okay. Um, yeah. So anyway, oh, oh, I was just going to say that ultimately um, this episode was probably the first one where I was like, it was mostly filler. And even yeah. the dinner, the culminating dinner, which could have been way more powerful, yeah. was not was kind of a dud. Yeah. I agree. Right? Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, Southern Charm. <laughs> we tell you when, you know, it's a powerful masterpiece. This just wasn't the best. What episode was this? Uh, this was, I think it's... 10. Oh, okay. So that's like mid-season. Makes sense. Mid-season yeah. lull. And we're going to get so much um, fun out of seeing them all in Jamaica for Paige's getting to know you trip. For sure. Cool. All, all right. right. Uh, Salt Lake. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that? Let's do it. Okay. This is... Uh, I have the exact same critique of this as Southern Charm. Yeah. Some dud flop filler <laughs> scenes that don't really culminate in anything or yeah, I'm going to use culminate again and then ending with a scene which could have been better like a, yeah. a huge event that took up most of the episode that could have been better yeah I feel like they've been leading up in the previews to this pioneer lunch for a long time yeah um, um I will say just overall um Monica to me uh kind of flopped this episode yeah i was not as happy with uh, monica um i thought her her fight with with lisa at the end was like like pretty lame <laughs> yeah. of her yeah and um yeah so i hope that this is like not a trend that continues but like i was kind of bummed out by monica this episode uh at the beginning so this episode's called if i could churn back time and i was like i wonder what that means oh so you had no idea <laughs> no i was like how will that play i only saw the title till after so i already knew that the churning had happened but um, butter yeah so um heather wants to well this is another like completely contrived reason for an event but she just wants to have a luncheon to honor all of her friends i guess she's like it's april when mormonism was founded let's have an april lunch yeah and it is i mean i love heather uh more than anything but it is silly a little bit like whitney says that you like why are we recreating anything about mormon history like why yeah. do you want to be you know right yeah. i mean why do they have an opera ski party why do they have like anything well this yeah but this one for heather to be the one who created this event right it's like what what are you I, I i guess i don't know why are you doing anything what like it's not celebrating but i guess revolving around mormon culture right yeah it's weird yeah okay <laughs> um Monica gives us some background. Uh, she's showing her daughter her prom photos. Um, she talks about her history of visiting Bermuda, which I was like, okay, well, that they're clearly telling us that for a reason. Um, she said that her mom ripped up every single photo of her dad mm -hmm. when he left, so she has no idea what her dad looks like. And he has since passed on? I don't know. Oh, I don't know okay. if she knows. Okay. Um, and then she gave her daughter, I guess her daughter's dad also or she left so they don't have a relationship with him but she gave her daughter a photo album with photos of him so that she wasn't perpetuating that um so i don't know it was trying to you know humanize a little bit yeah i thought it was i don't know yeah i feel i feel bad 
talking about the scene. I just, I don't know. It was okay. It was good to know a little bit more about sure. Monica, I guess, right? I feel like I'm already, from everything I'm hearing in the real world, like preparing my seatbelt for her complete I, annihilation. I think so too. So I'm like, I don't care I think about this. <laughs> I think you're right. I'm, I'm sort of, I'm... I'm what's that called? I'm like trying to shield myself bracing for from, impact. from yeah, bracing for impact for my strong pro Monica feelings because I'm afraid. I already saw little hints in this episode of like stuff I don't like about Monica. Yeah, and I'm like, oh god, what the hell is she gonna do to Heather, my favorite cast member of all time? Yeah. like damn. I saw. Did you see? Um, I think Megan sent me a, a TikTok from that podcast Bravo Docket that does all the legal okay. stuff, and Monica has like. Uh, a very long legal history a lot of um suits for like unpaid stuff and um yeah and uh you know so she's living above her means i think so yeah i'm worried i'm bracing for for impact with monica (laughs) um i uh yeah i'm worried about what kind of havoc she's gonna wreak upon this cast um and yeah so uh, what, what do you think about the Sean and Angie scene? <laughs> it's hard to watch. Hard to watch. Um, it's it's exactly like Whitney's storyline that she tried to have with yeah. um, Justin, which is also not panning out. And it's similar <laughs> to Meredith and Seth's scene, which is not uh, engaging. So yeah. all of these, I have a kind of a, a hot take. Yeah. I think in five, four years, if this show is getting to like the Beverly Hills era where this is like a solid franchise, they're always the cast. They're so powerful. Like, Let's talk about season eight or nine. They're all leaving those husbands. Oh yeah. Meredith is going to leave Seth. <laughs> Seth is literally hanging on by a thread. I, <laughs> I, I, I loathe his appearance in uh-huh. any episode. Yeah. Him, him today saying he's a big stinky boy <laughs> and asking, where's the best place you ever made whoopee? I was like, get that this podcast fucking, has got to go. Get this fucking guy out of here. He <laughs> is like, I, like I detest his appearance. Justin is fine. I know he's nice. Whitney he, hates him. Whitney hates him. She doesn't want to be monogamous. She wants to fuck somebody else so bad. And hearing their disgust, hearing that he was fucking her in under his desk at his job. I'm like, God damn, what the hell is going on? Cheating on his wife by fucking one of his employees while the HR person was in the room. I'm like, that was a, that was a, I don't need to hear that moment I've ever heard in my life. It's like, get Justin out of here. Who's the other husband? I love Lisa Barlow's husband. He's fine. He's just, I mean, I could see Lisa leaving him, but I like John Barlow. I'm fine with him. He's like, he, he just seems like a solid man who cries about how much he loves his children. He seems sweet. Uh I'm fine with him. Who, who are the other husbands? Sean. Sean. Well, I don't know. I, I, I actually think Sean and Angie probably have longevity. I, I don't you know. do? <laughs> yeah, I, guess you're right. I guess you're right. I can imagine Angie leaving. Who And who else is there? Who, and Heather doesn't have it. Yeah. A husband. Okay. So yeah, I, I feel like these are, these are husbands that are not long for this world. Once yeah. they get more powerful and can choose basically anyone in the world, these husbands are hitting the dustbin. Yeah. They, they're, they're all lame. Yeah. Um, I mean... It was clear. So Angie and Sean have this awkward lunch or whatever here, and she's giving him shit for listening to country music. And they're both just saying that both that of was, them are annoying and that they don't spend time together. That was weird. That that was her her position or like yeah. her piece of evidence that they're not doing well. He's like, I've always listened to country music. Yeah. And, what, and she and he goes, I don't like that you listen to the Humpty Dance. I was like, What's the is it the Humpty Dumpty Dance? I don't know. 
I'm out of the loop on that one. Yeah, this scene was not uh, engaging, and I'm starting to like Angie more. But mm-hmm. scenes like this um, are not uh, evidence that you can sustain longevity on these shows if you right. can't be engaging on your own. Monica, say what you will about whatever she did in that scene with the prom queen photo album. It was twice as compelling as anything Angie could even try right. to create. Um, when Angie then later gets drinks or whatever with um, Whitney, they're talking about commiserating about their marriages flopping or whatever. And uh, Whitney's like, I mean, how often are you guys having sex? And Angie's kind of like, I was like, first of all, mind your business. Second of all, uh, Angie's like, I mean, we're struggling to get together once a week. And I was like, get together. Like, I'm like, you guys haven't fucked in like three years. Yeah. Be real. Oh, yeah. She wanted to say once a week as if like that was the most egregious <laughs> That's example. the like housewife standard. Totally. You're right. You, Which you're I'm t- like, I don't, I'm not going to like reveal anything about myself. I just, as a general perception, if you're married for many years and you have sex once a week, that's like amazing. Like that should be like the maximum. We've, I mean, we've talked about it a lot. <laughs> it, it's the, the sex the the what if they you've reveal. been married for 20 years and you have sex once a week you should get an award when they were like uba what's your like dream out of sex she was like three times a day i don't ever want to put my take clothes it so it's like, far what are you talking about three times a day breakfast lunch and dinner you're having sex with your husband of five or ten years it's that like, reminds it's... me of a uh, have you watched the or heard the uh colin farrell sex tape oh my god we've talked about it before but no i never have he uh is going downtown. Right. And he goes, he says something very complimentary what <laughs> about her vagina. And I think he says something maybe that it tastes good or he loves it or something like that. I love this. And he goes, I could eat it all fucking day, breakfast, lunch, and fucking dinner. Really? Yeah. And is she filming him? Um, I, I'm trying to, I or don't is know he if selfie I've watched mode? it. I feel like I've heard it, but I can't picture it. Oh, man. Wow. But ladies, so, if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. But when you said breakfast, lunch, and dinner, it shot into my mind. Okay, yeah. Right. That, what a compliment. Yeah. Do we know who it was? Who I he think was... she was rando. Oh, I could be awesome. wrong. But also Britney Spears had a a great run with him uh, that she mentions in her book. Really? With Colin yeah. Farrell? She said they like went hard. Oh, really? Yeah. Two flames in the night? Yeah amazing well yeah so what um okay yeah so what we've said before if you've never listened to you know us is that well one thing uh cast members love to lie about is how passionate their sex is and if there's ever a drought that they'll admit they'll say something like only once a week only three times this week it's like like that's like if i'm gonna do anything on this earth i'm going to dispel this mockery you're right i like lisa and ken where lisa says we never have sex i'm they do the opposite i think they fuck way more than she says i think they fuck um once a month that's great. I remember that time, that secrets revealed where Ken came out and he looked like the cat that ate the canary. And Saucy goes, "Did you guys just make love?" And Lisa blushes and Ken blushes. He goes, "You caught the nail right on the head there." You remember that? Yeah, that was great. That was awesome. That was they were not, just like post coitus. That was better than secrets revealed. It should have, you know, definitely main feed. Shouldn't have been on the cutting room floor. So we these are snooze fest uh, scenes. Um, I did like when Heather invited Lisa to her house. Yeah. And to court her. Oh my God. Lisa's car got fucked up. Oh. she. It was so much worse than I ever thought. Yeah. I it go... looked like in Greece when the car has like the like claw that comes out of the side and rips up the side. Exactly. Which which I can't believe they allowed that in that uh, street racing scene in Greece. That should have been completely. Illegal. Off, illegal. 
that was awful <laughs> to, to ruin the car like that. But yeah, she, she hit the shit out of that rock. Um, Heather goes, I'm going to get rid of that rock for you. Or, you know, like, <laughs> but other than that, Heather is really, I, I like Heather's courting of Lisa. Yeah. I like that she values Lisa as a friend. Lisa obviously values Heather as a friend. And this was like, uh, you know, please forgive me for the Jack shit. Yeah. The Wendy's. I love you. Wendy's shortbread cookies. I think it was. And gives her a warning, which she didn't need to, cause it's a cast trip right. that Monica is doing this. Bermuda shit or whatever. Yeah. And obviously she's going to go, but like the Lisa clip need... from the night before was so kooky. Yeah. What, what was going on? Like, uh, Monica and Heather went to like a tiki bar and they were like, ha ha, we should go to Bermuda. And Monica's like, okay. And she's like, you're going to have to apologize to Lisa. She's like, all right. And I was like, <laughs> what is happening here? Yeah. I don't know what was going on. Um, but then Heather prepares Lisa for the fact that they're all going to be on a trip together. Lisa says, well, we're on a show together, so I obviously understand that Monica's going to go. Right. But she doesn't say that specifically. But And then it's like, okay, um, but she's not my problem, she okay. says. Yeah. So Heather and Lisa are officially good. They're in the green. Yeah. I like it. Good. Me too. Um, we Do we want to – we kind of touched on this podcast already. It's – I mean, I, the, <laughs> I, I mean – like anyone can start a podcast and we are obviously this is a podcast but it's just like <laughs> the threshold for what meredith and seth think they can bring to the world and why they think that this is a camaraderie that we should have to hear from i kind of want to listen to that episode to see what it looks like or like sounds like in its yeah. actual form because right. it looks so um casual and unproduced yeah Seth goes, I'm a big stinky boy, and I have one question I have to ask. Where's the craziest place you've made Whoopi? And also, what's the worst thing that's ever happened to you in your life? <laughs> that was his question. Yeah. Like, Did you like that um, Whitney immediately, like her example of their, you know, like marital strifes or highs and lows was that like it was something that she did? Like yeah. she was like. The worst time of our life was when I bravely held Justin's dad's hand. <laughs> like he, he didn't get to say anything about what he brings to the table. Yeah. She was like, that's just what you do. Why couldn't Justin, what, what was your thought on why Justin couldn't be there? Was it an obligation or was he not brave enough? I don't know. I mean, whatever his job was that fired him, maybe they wouldn't let him go. I mean, I think, <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that, I don't think that could be possible unless yeah. he was like, out of town and it was sudden or something right. yeah maybe i don't, I don't know. know but whitney said she put his the father's hand in the mother's hand and it was like a beautiful notebook scene and um yeah it, it was Meredith okay was immediately crying but it doesn't seem if i was taking bets on whitney and justin i would say yeah this might not be long this yeah. world i mean the fact that she specifically said i don't think i'm meant to be monogamous yeah right yeah um no i feel like she's shared too much already i feel like by the time you're talking about your strife that much it's already probably too late yeah yes yep and then do you want to talk about the the what was it called pilgrim luncheon <laughs> yes the pioneer brunch Pi oh yes pioneer brunch um april 6th 1830 the mormon church founded but then in the first graphic vision. it said first vision so joseph smith she said 1830 but then the on the screen it said 1820 so i don't know if she was wrong or if they were talking about different events did the church take 10 years after the vision to be founded uh, yeah he took he spent a little bit of time <laughs> sort of like telling mulling his town, it over 
mulling it over, translating the ancient golden tablets the, the into plates. the Book of Mormon, the plates. Nephi directly, um, you know, gave him what he needed to write down, but then they lost the plates and he had to retranslate it. So I think, I don't know, I think I think she was talking about the first vision. That's okay. just like a notable event or okay. whatever. But it, yeah, okay. So then they have bonnets and what, aprons? Yeah. Everybody to wear. Now this is just to be silly. Yeah. Lisa is immediately like, not more costumes. Right. And um, Angie's like, <laughs> she has a top bun and is wearing those huge glasses. And she was like, oh no, I can't wear this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's fun. They're, you know, churning butter with the mason jars. They do the doll making. Yeah. It's all silly. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to say, like, there's nothing really to say. They make pine cone dolls. They churn butter for six minutes, but it sounds like that was too boring. So they had to churn butter while they did other things. And then like them... she also tried to, Heather tried to justify the menu. She was like, it's hearty food, like ribs and cornbread and mac and cheese, which the pioneers would have loved for us to enjoy. <laughs> yeah, and then, uh, Lisa says, I'm only a quarter of way through the Book of Mormon, but I don't remember them talking about mac and cheese or ribs before. <laughs> I do like that she's reading the Book of Mormon. Yeah, actively. making her way slowly through. Yeah. Um, so they do, yeah, those little activities or whatever. Then can I just say Heather does <laughs> the worst thing you can ever do, right? She plays a stupid goddamn game a stupid did she think game. this was gonna go well no they know it's not going to go well it's like a who producer... do you throw off your wagon oh my god <laughs> some producer goes this dinner is boring the churning butter thing sucked they held up their iphone and said play the play the throw the wagon play the uh, yeah. you know whatever that game was off the wagon it's just so stupid yeah it's like and then for heather to get mad at the response to it it's like yeah. This is all you wanted. Right. It's not, it's not, this isn't a fun game. She would try to be like, it was just a game. It's just a game where you say who you don't like the most in a group. <laughs> uh, so Lisa really runs with the game. She goes, oh, you know who I throw off the wagon? Someone who is mean and vindictive and awful and mean spirited. <laughs> Monica. She yeah. would not be on my wagon. Yeah. Monica, um, this is where I was like, ooh, Monica, I don't like this look. She starts to do the imitation of Lisa's voice twice, yeah. two different versions of it. And it was, it made me think what you said last week where it's like, ooh, Monica, these comebacks are like a yeah. little lame. And yeah. you, you said it last week. You were like, she's kind of doing, um, I know you are, or what was that? I, <laughs> I know I, you are, but so, what am I? But what am I? Like this, she didn't have a lot of energy. She did okay in yeah. the last fight, but she did resort to some really stupid stuff. This one was like, ooh, she was like, neener, she was like, you're neener, ugly. Neener, 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 neener. You're ugly. You're, <laughs> she's calling someone ugly. I know. It's like, oof. I, I don't, know. Don't call anyone ugly. I know. I remember when um, Soggy Bottom, Soggy Flicker called <laughs> Margaret ugly, and I was like, whoa. Yeah. I was like, you're going to be fired. Calling someone just ugly. Yeah, I know. At first, it feels like it started out with being about like an ugly soul, but then it like changed to just ugly. So uh, Soggy Flicker tried to make it like she was talking about Margaret's soul, but she clearly just wanted to call her ugly. Right. And- well, remember when um, Sutton says, about what? You're ugly. And the second she says ugly, Garcelle goes, no. Yeah, yeah. And then she goes, leather pants. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> Who she wasn't going to call her ugly. But they were like, yeah, yeah. no. Yeah, ugly is almost like you can't say it. Like, no. don't say ugly. And Monica said like, it Like, fat or ugly would be just bad. Yeah, it, it was awful. And she does two different impressions of Lisa's voice. And I was like, which one is it? Is she that high talker or that low talker? Um, and, and then Lisa's like, you're obsessed with my voice. You keep wanting to do it yourself. That was a good Lisa. <laughs> um, I, I love Lisa Barlow. I'm like yeah, almost like. she's fun. 
I'm like full blown like Stan territory. Like yeah. I love her this season. I don't even remember how I felt about her the first three seasons. I think she was a shit stirrer, maybe. Yeah. She treated Heather like shit, but I love Lisa now. Yeah, she's fun to watch. And I wanna say, I, I wanted to talk about this. Um Monica, I, I really love her and I think she's so entertaining and she's been like a star this season. But her grievance against Lisa is ridiculous. It came out of nowhere. She yeah. got mad at her for talking about her $60,000 ring. Right. She called her a piece of shit. And then since then, Lisa has just been reacting to Monica going after her. And now Monica is treating it like this is this huge feud that Lisa treats her like shit. It's all been in response to what you did to Lisa. This is a fully uh, one-sided. Self, one-sided fight that you started. Lisa yeah. has every right to come back at you, and it's not egregious for her to think you calling your mom Ted Bundy with no context <laughs> is a bridge too far. Yeah, I, I like that she started to list out the things that Ted Bundy did, yeah. and then they like inserted uh, Whitney yeah. being like, "I think you're talking about Dahmer." <laughs> right. Yeah, but the point still stands. Yes. Um, um But yeah, so I just like Monica. I don't. I can't really rally around you. I love when two people I love are fighting if it's about something legitimate and real yeah but i know how monica started this we watched the whole fight and how this feud unfolded it was completely one-sided yeah so um then monica everyone chastises monica she's because she's calling lisa ugly and they're like tone it down for the love of god (laughs) and she throws a fucking glass and that was like what was the reaction to that was really weird no one did anything moved on yeah like no one reacted it's because like angie i like like, nice try yeah no next yeah i mean (laughs) Angie is almost like she's almost rewarding to watch as just how much flop energy she's she has. like. Can anyone hear me? Yeah, and no one did. She's just like in a like soundproof booth. It was it was fully um it was fully unprovoked, fully lame. And if anyone else would have done that, and there was a reaction to it, I would have said, okay, like that's the lamest <laughs> shit I've ever done. But because no one reacted to it, it just is like a full blown flop. Delete. I'm like, okay, I don't really care. We can move on. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then Heather, Monica's all upset. She's like crying. So Heather brings her to the side and she's like, she's like, get it together. We need to announce this trip. <laughs> We're in this together, this Bermuda trip. This is mostly your thing. Please, for the love of God. And then Monica goes, I don't think I want to go on this trip. Or like, yeah. I don't think I can anymore. It's like what Heather says, ultimately, it, she says, hey, you are the one who went to the 10. You're the one who's screaming, calling her ugly. And then now you're like crying like that you can't get through this. Like you're the victim. Yeah. It's like, which is it? And I was right. like, I'm like, I'm on Heather's side in this one. Yeah. Like, Monica, you went too far. She's like, man up. We're here for a reason. We yeah. have um, duties to do. So then Heather has to announce this trip basically on her own. She's yeah. like, okay, look in your little, um, what was that? Little well, first bottle? Lisa oh. comes over oh. and basically just apologizes for nothing. Good on Lisa. Lisa yeah. says, uh, we have to announce a cast trip. <laughs> I'm going to just nip this in the bud right yeah, now. Yeah, she's like, I don't really give a shit ultimately. So Yeah, and Mo- Monica's just going too far with this. She's like... She's saying that this reminds her of her mom again. She's already said that before. Right. It's like, this makes me feel like how my mom uh, makes me feel. Yeah, Lisa's whatever. like, okay, well, sorry if I misunderstood your relationship with your mom. Like, I don't want to, like, negate yeah. your feelings or whatever. And then Monica's like, sorry, I called you ugly. Yeah. <laughs> and the, Lisa's like, thanks. Yeah. And then they, they sit back down. Uh, Heather, Lisa loves this guessing game of coming up with, like, pink sand. The yeah, little, the seashell. The little seashell. Um, Lisa goes, Bermuda? And she's so excited. And Heather keeps going like, Monica, I wish you were here with me. This is supposed to be your announcement too. Yeah. She goes, tell us why there's a little skull 
in the bottle and Monica goes, she's so like despondent. She's like, because we're all going to hell, the devil's triangle where we all belong. And they're all like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, yeah. And Heather goes, um, where's fun Monica? Right. Yeah. And she goes, um, she's dead. You all killed her. Right. Like Taylor Swift Swift. said. And then Heather rightly chastises Monica and says, where, what, I can't get a sense of your energy. What is happening here? You went 10 out of 10 against Lisa calling her ugly for almost no reason. And now you're like withdrawn, despondent. You're saying you're not going to go on this trip. Like what is happening with you? And then Monica in her talking head says, um, I'm starting to really get, you know, a, a, um, a sense of why Jen Shaw hated Heather. It's like, man, you're going <laughs> to turn And Lisa. On, and Lisa. Well, she already hated Lisa. But well, sure. Like, well, yeah, you're going to turn on Heather because she rightly chastised you for how, you know, horrible you're And I'm you're like, being. don't you hate Jen Shaw? Yeah, and like, yeah, since when do you take Jen Shaw's opinion of anyone? You've made it your thing that like, Jen Shaw is like the most evil person. You're trying to <laughs> distance yourself from yeah. her. So Monica really played almost every move wrong. Besides her like photo album scene, which I thought was fine. And, you know, it was, it was good to know a little bit more about her. But this yeah. dinner she hand, handled very badly. Yeah. Every every aspect of it was bad. Yeah. And also it's like, you're not going to not go on this trip. I'm sure a producer said, you're going on the trip. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? And the clips that we have seen, it does seem like it goes poorly for her. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, on this trip, is that when Heather finds out that uh, Monica is counter suing? Maybe. Okay. Because Cause it, it, she's in a weird like hotel room on a balcony. Right. Maybe it's a different trip. I don't know. Yeah. That would be interesting. So this episode, um, I, you know, I saw Monica fail pretty egregiously in my opinion. So this, I hope this isn't indicative of the rest of the season, but I'm almost worried it is because I value so much people who have a legitimate grudge against someone and they're really good and they have a rationale for why they're doing it. I don't want to think someone's just faking for drama, why they hate someone. And I feel like Monica is doing that with Lisa. She doesn't legitimately hate Lisa, you know? Yeah. I like how like Candace legitimately hates Giselle and Ashley and she has good reason and she's righteous in her anger towards them. Yeah. That's what I like to see. Not this fake bullshit. Not today, Neck. Not today, Neck. Who'd she say that about? <laughs> Is that Giselle? I think so. And then she always talks about Ashley's forehead. Oh, yeah. She goes, Ashley's, uh, Ashley has so many lies that that's what makes her forehead big. <laughs> It's kind of fun. I like that she just won't let it die that Ashley's forehead is big. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, this wasn't this wasn't the best Salt Lake City. No, but we've been spoiled so far. Yeah, but it is wild that it's like two for two this week that we're, it's like... I know. They both had duds. Um, They're both like kind of like you said, like mid-season duds. This was yeah. episode 11. Yeah. So, cool. to be expected. Yeah. Um, um, do, you, do you need a break? Ski over to Winter House. Okay, you feel I'm good? I'm down to go right through. Okay, all right. Um... This one was called How the West Was Fun, which isn't that a Mary-Kate and Ashley movie? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I thought that too. It's like one of the easiest puns to do. <laughs> I was thinking there's probably another Housewives episode that's called that. There has to be. Yeah. Um, Lazy. They, they re- like, I don't know who writes <laughs> these titles, but like, I think someone with just 30 more minutes to think about <laughs> it could do a better job than any of these titles. I mean, even a Royal Reckoning. Like, I liked Royal in it, but it wasn't the best title. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> everyone comes back from the bar, and uh, Katie, what's her name? Floody? Yeah. Katie Floody and Tom Schwartz are, like, post-makeout. I yeah. mean, they had a... But they did, did they show it again? Barely. Yeah, I was like... It was like a blip. Like, show this thing. I know. And um, uh, Tom Schwartz immediately has a make-out freak-out, <laughs> yeah. which Katie says. Yeah. He he is so shame filled 
that he just made out with someone and that he did this on camera and that her name is Katie and he probably has Katie Maloney's head just in like his field of vision. Like she's looking over him and he's like, you know what I mean? And yeah. he just like flopped so hard during the season 10, like by kissing Raquel. And then now he's implicated in the scandal shit. He like, first of all, I think the name thing is stupid. Like you, you can't get a sense like, remember I that get time. It, but I'm just saying like, I understand, like, the scandal of it all is an unnatural environment. But like we said, she already had been fucking satchel for months at this point. Katie Maloney is so powerful in Schwartz's head that I can see why she reigns over everything he does more than Schwartz reigns over Katie. (laughs) I liked that part when Kyle was like, how long are you going to let your past, like, affect your dating life or whatever? And he goes... Probably another year. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like, that's like perfect. It's like, yeah. So I, with with Scandival in mind, you can't take out where he was. He no. just got done with Scandival. And he just got done with Katie's righteous fury over like when, when she was screaming at him in Sir Alley. Like I, I get why this looms so large. Sure. But, ne- but I am exactly like you where I'm like, Schwartz, I wish I could just tell him this is okay. Right. In six There's months. There's literally nothing wrong with making out with a random yachty i want like i want this to happen i think katie and him have the best chemistry i've ever seen katie uh yeah floody and i i love this for him i love that she legitimately is sweet to him wants to cuddle with him um is being so just like yeah loving he shouldn't have wasted his uh first chance with raquel because that tainted his he was like look what happens when i make out with someone and it's like no no that's that was specifically insane that's exactly right yeah look what happens to me when i actually (laughs) go outside and and try to start something even though i'm like you are making out with a castmate's ex-fiance at the wedding of another castmate while your ex-wife is there. Yes. Yep. That's exactly. different. You're, you're, you're <laughs> right. And so now we don't, we, we just, we want Schwartz to engage in this, but we just yeah. can't take from the equation where his mindset is. Yeah. Going. I think he's like, I can't add any more fuel to the fire, any more factors to be yep. judged. He's like, I need a clean slate walking into this reunion because I can't have one more thing that people are mad at me about. Yep. So he goes into his room and sort of like just checks out. I don't know how drunk <laughs> I felt he is. bad for her. Yeah. Oh, for her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah, he has like anxiety about how this is going to be perceived. He knows this is all on camera. So she goes in cause she like is now has a full blown crush yeah. on him. But at one point he says she captures the essence of an early nineties supermodel. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, she is sort of like, she's still trying to party, but she also just wants to be with him. You know, did you like that? They, so he's again saying her name is Katie. I can't do that. And they roll a 2014 Vanderpump rules yes. clip, which we just watched on the Patreon, which I didn't even remember that when he admits to the makeout, to katie maloney uh she goes what's her name and he says then her name is kate oh it was oh yeah katie i thought it was katie i couldn't i watched it like twice and i it was a little hard to tell if it was kate or katie but either her name was katie but (laughs) but yeah i mean that that's another validation for why he just does not want to do anything with with but i was like i we just watched that and i didn't remember that me neither i did not remember um so yeah so this night uh katie is is just wants to have you know make him you know i don't know she's being sweet to him she wants to cuddle with him snuggle with him he's just kind of checked out yeah and there's more chaos going around in the room 
while Schwartz is like, you know, tucked away. Yeah. Everyone's um, fucked up. People are partying this season. People, yes, people were partying, and this this after bar party lasted a really long time, like almost half the episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, another major thing that's happening is that Danielle is drunk as a skunk, oh God. and she is vocally saying that she cannot watch Alex flirt with Jordan, and she's saying it out loud, like she's saying yeah. enough of that, yeah, don't do that anymore. And then she's like, she's like, let's. She basically says, "Let's fuck." She's like, "Are we? Get, when are we gonna have sex tonight or whatever?" And Should he we go- just call it and fuck? Yeah, and he goes, "I just want to party," and I was like, "Ouch!" That's an ouch. And so she's basically saying, "Let's do what we love to do and fuck each other." And he's like, "I'd rather see what else is going on in the house, and I don't want to do that." Yeah, she's spurned by that. She um, goes outside. He clearly only follows her because he's like, "Oh God, I guess it's my responsibility to deal with this." Yep. Um, and she's like. You know, I won't be disrespected. You're not allowed to fuck anyone else in the house. No. Yeah. <laughs> now, he says, you had sex with me and no one else. Now, that's a condition that she just put on, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, right? I'm like, I, I give Danielle a lot of the benefit of the doubt, but that is not how she set this up when they had sure. sex. Sure. I mean, I get, like, it's not like they're actually in a relationship, but I do understand, like, you can't have sex with two people in the same vacation house. Okay. But do you think Alex went into having sex knowing that? <laughs> I think it is I- I a they... little crazy to think you can fuck two people in the same group. Okay. But Danielle didn't say that at first. And she treated it like she was talking about how he loves Jordan you know, she knew that this, she was like a second option or someone else that he was considering. Sure. And then she was trying to be like, I'm just having this fun, loving vacation where I'm free to fuck anyone. Sure. And then it, I, but I'm don't not, you feel like the rules of the summer and winter house are usually you choose a mate and you fuck the one. Is there precedence of someone fucking two people in the house? I mean, I'm sure Kyle did in early seasons before Amanda, but I'm not sure like Carl a did it. person that is staying in the group like bringing someone into the house is different than one of the main characters okay but what in society is this a rule in society or a rule for the show because <laughs> both <laughs> okay all right i'm just i guess i'm being devil's advocate maybe and i don't want to i'm not like championing alex i'm just saying that if i was thinking about alex's mindset he went into fucking danielle as a this is we're free we're this is spring break energy i think it'd be different if he like they went out to the bar and he went home with a girl at the bar i think she still would be pissed but i think that's different than also fucking another castmate okay all right i'm just saying i guess I, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm trying not to be like, but she was being unreasonable generally. Yeah. Because then she says, um, she goes sex with me or no one else. And uh, he goes, um, well, you know, I didn't know what we're getting into, or this is getting kind of complicated. He said, um, you're outwardly saying to me and Jordan that like, we can't talk or whatever. And she goes, I never said that you're, you're putting words in my mouth. What you're not going to do is make this like, I'm saying something about right. someone else. And she gets up and like piss and it's like, Danielle. You, she said that exactly. Well, she was also like blackout. I know. Like it just didn't make sense. This was a drunken fight. Totally. This was just a drunken fight that went too far. It's like not worth thinking about too deeply because she was, she was in the Sutton mode. Yes. Of like, you're like, you're in the great beyond. We cannot reach you any further. So whatever. And then, I mean, she ends up just being like, she texts him and goes, let's just drop this, come into my bed. So it's like, it didn't, you're right. It didn't mean a lot to Danielle. She was just going through all the range of emotions that someone would go through when they're drunk and 
potentially jealous. Yeah. Um, so yeah, everyone meanwhile is like partying in the house. Corey does a backflip. Schwartz is keeps checking his phone because like Scandaval is unfurling on his phone, <laughs> right. and Katie's like, "Stop! You don't want to know what's going on." And then yeah, and then we learn. I mean, we we didn't get to this yet, but we learn that uh, he has to go back in the middle of the trip to check yeah. on the bar. So Sucks. does he come? Does he come back? I don't know. That seems crazy. Yeah. Um, and then Amanda intercepts. Alex to talk about what had just happened with Danielle and then every time they cut to Danielle she's muttering in the halls like she's like god damn it motherfucker not Fuck. gonna do me like that <laughs> I wish I could punch something right now I'm yeah punch something um yeah uh yeah so what else I mean then they... Katie chugs olive oil on accident she thinks it's booze yeah um but then they her and Tom snuggle he says um, he's like, I've lost my mojo. And she's like, I don't want mojo. Like, I don't care. And she's like basically begging him for attention. Like, I don't think she comes off pathetic because it's clear that he likes her. But yeah. it's like a bummer that he's making her work so hard for just a small amount of affection. Yeah. I mean, he, he is just, I mean, I don't think she understands his mental state and just thinks that if this was a natural, normal trip, this is what would happen. And she's also drunk to where it's like, I just want to cuddle with the person that I like. And she yeah. knows that he's sort of open to it. But yeah, he's he's not giving her anything. No, he's like facing the other way. And she's like <laughs> clawed onto him from behind. Yeah, And she leaves at like five in the morning. Yeah. Same as uh, Alex, because Danielle's like, come, come on in. And then he gets there and she's like, <laughs> and he goes, fuck this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, then they wake up, right? Yeah. And then uh, they're all like, Amanda, you weren't fucked up. Can you tell us what happened? And she was like, you were drunk as hell. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. fuck it. And Danielle's like, great. Sounds good. <laughs> um, and it turns out they've invited everyone they've ever met in town to this wild, wild west party. Now, who are these people? Who have they met in town? Townies. Did they just give an open invite? They invited anyone? people at the cowboy shop. Yeah. They invited people at the bar. Right. The restaurant. Right. Um, they also show that at one point Casey bit Malia's ass yeah. and I'm a little scared. Uh, Casey does kind of have fangs. Yeah. She has like a little bit of a Nosferatu bite. I like Casey and Casey and Brian <laughs> went to the bathroom and pissed in front of each other. Yeah. Do you like Casey? No. Really? Not at really. all? No. Oh my God. I'm like next. Oh my God. I she like... has Corey energy, but female. Okay. It's too much for me. Well, okay. I guess I'll say I don't know fully her true persona, but I, I don't, you don't think her biting ass and calling Sam trash and, and, uh, you don't, okay. All right. Mm -hmm. I understand. Okay. Maybe the jury's still out for me on Casey. Yeah. I'm just like, we'll see if she returns. I feel like she's a one hit wonder. Okay. It's very possible. Um, do we have to talk about the shopping trip that they do? Um, let me see here. Well, I, it was notable for one thing, unless, you know, you want to. Uh, Danielle's jacket and then Schwartz's gift. Yeah. Schwartz buys Katie uh, turquoise earrings. Yeah. Little uh, cowboy boot earrings. Yeah. They're like $300. That's like very generous. That was really sweet of him. Yeah. That store was expensive, but I was glad that Danielle bought that jacket because I thought it was really cool. Oh, what did it say on it again? It just had like cool shit all over it and then brian and benny bought a hat that was 450 dollars. they were dropping coin they were using their debit cards it's like they're damn all, they're all so rich i guess no they are danielle's been on summer house for six seasons how much do you think she really gets paid uh a hundred grand a season you think yeah and yeah because there's just 
you know, you make more how long you're on the show. And she would yeah. get a bump every season. She's really been on Summer House since season two, right? So yeah. they're on, what, season eight? I wonder how much she makes in her app career. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, she also has a business on the side. Danielle's nothing to sneeze at. She's also on Winter House. Like, yeah. She's killing it. She's rich. Schwartz okay. is rich as hell. Well, I don't know. I we'll don't see. Know, actually, the <laughs> yeah. Um, um, also, they reveal that not only is the Yachty's name Katie, but her full name is Katie Marie, that, which is also Katie Maloney's middle name. That absolutely stunned Schwartz like <laughs> nothing else. He can't believe it. Katie Marie. Right? Yeah. Yep. Did you like the little interlude when Schwartz was deciding if he should wear jeans? He's like, should I wear jeans today? I can't. I won't. I refuse. <laughs> He's by himself in his room. He like cannot wear anything but basketball shorts and slides. He's a man of leisure. Yes. Um, but yeah, they all go shopping. Uh, I did like that Kyle said, this is a good squad. I've been doing this a long time. He was like, we never make it this far without any drama. I did like that assessment. He goes from someone who rents houses all the time. This is rare. And I agree with him. This is a good squad. Yeah. It's, they're fun. fun. They're getting fucked up getting every fucked up. night. They're having fun. There's a little blips of like chemistry and relationships that are popping up. It's like, it is a good group of people. Yep. Um, what's your opinion on what Kyle is doing in the house? I've loved, I, I love, Ky- we've talked about Kyle. I love him more than life itself. We've met him. He was mm-hmm. so sweet to us. But I feel like when he's in a relationship with Amanda, which he's been in for like seven years or whatever, you know, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he's been with Amanda a really long time. Um, I feel like he his role is sort of nebulous in the house, right? Because it's like... He's almost like the producer plant. Yeah, we talked about that. He's like, he needs to like check in. He wants to make sure that Katie Floody and Tom Schwartz are making out. He wants to make sure that Brian has gotten to make out with someone, but he's just not, he's not in the mix a lot. And I wonder if it's because he feels like with Amanda, he can't, you know, I don't know if it's Mm -hmm. like because of his relationship or is it because we get so much drama and satisfaction from when people start to like kiss other people. And so we can't really tolerate single people in this environment. Yeah. I don't know, but all, yeah, it's weird too because Amanda has barely been on so far. Yeah, I mean, and Amanda had more to do this episode than even Kyle. Yeah, right. I mean, Amanda at least was like trying to bridge the gap between Danielle and Alex and was offering her input and stuff. Right. I'm just wondering if like Kyle is actually having fun or what he feels like his role is in the Winter House. If he's just like the face of Winter House, but he right. Doesn't... Well, now they're even adding more people, so he's even more diluted. Like they added Riley last week, Jason came this episode and then aisha yes aisha 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 i think which i realized i think when uh katie was first joined i thought she was aisha because i had watched an aisha season of below deck and they look the fucking same and they sound the same so i watched an aisha season of below deck med Uh um, but i don't think they look alike but I never I met they, Katie. They look like sisters, at least. You know what? I don't concur with you. Okay. Is there room for us to not agree? <laughs> I think it's like the accent. They have a similar smile, a similar, they're like the same build. Okay. Let's, can we put it to the little turtle cuties? Yeah. What do you guys Hashtag think? Hashtag team Katie and Aisha. And their Eskimo sisters. sisters. Oh, because they both. Uh, they both made love to that man, Jack. Yeah. I'm on the season of Below Deck where Jack okay. is first being introduced with Aisha. And uh, Katie got the tattoo. Yeah. 
Okay, hashtag look like sisters or hashtag not at all. Never seen her. What's that? (laughs) Hashtag what? Hashtag look like sisters. Hashtag not sisters. Not sisters. Okay, that's really good. (laughs) Two hashtags. All right, I I don't think they look like, but people might agree with you, Amy. I think it's possible. So then they have a cowboy party. They invite a bunch of locals. Big turnout. It's like summer house. Would you have gone? Yeah. Me too. What was going on when that... So that Riley person has not done anything or said anything. It seems like she got too drunk the first night and just went to bed. And yeah. she didn't say anything this episode barely. And then some guy with long blonde hair just goes up to her and makes out with her. Was that just like... Was he just confident and wanted to make out? Or did she know that man? I don't know. Uh, Jordan said it was like the Twilight Zone meets Yellowstone. Who said that? Jordan. Wow. Okay. Wow. <laughs> also, at one point, Schwartz... To Katie goes, I don't trust you. He goes, There's no Quantro in a margarita. I'm like, You own two bars, bro. I know. Why I don't thought, you know that? I thought he was being facetious. He no, he was like fighting her on it. And she goes, I make cocktails for the top one percent. Quantro is the essential ingredient Key. to make the best margarita. Like, there's only a few ingredients, and that's one of them. The, yeah, and some would say the most pivotal. Triple sec. Yeah, it's well, the tri- same thing. triple sec is like, yeah, maybe he's so used to that that he never elevates to Quantro, but I guess. that was odd. Very um, strange. The Cowboy Party, um, Brian, Benny, finally, he's like, he's like, fuck everyone here. I'm going to make out <laughs> immediately with one of these locals. And yeah. he does. And uh, Kyle and Corey are um, wingmanning him hardcore. Yep. And Casey goes, oh, I didn't really like Brian at all, but now I do like him because he's <laughs> kissing someone else. But then they show footage of the girl that he kisses, like drunkenly staggering through the house and then leaving. <laughs> Imagine in her head. She's like, I just kissed Brian Benny on camera. I got to go. <laughs> I know. I felt like the way they kept putting their hats in front of their faces was because she was like, I don't want to be on camera. Yeah. And I think she had some uh, also make out freak out post that. Yeah. And he goes to the bathroom. She's nowhere to be found. Yeah. Right. And then Schwartz visits the Yachty's room and they're all kind of just gabbing. And uh, I don't know. Katie gets pissed off, but. Well, he comes in. He he sits on the ground with him. He's drunk as hell. Uh, and they go, why won't you, Tom Schwartz, penetrate Katie? <laughs> and he goes, oh, no, that name. Her, don't call her Katie. Right. right. Drunkenly he goes, don't call her Katie. And then Katie goes, man, that's my, you know, that's my name. Why, you know, why are we going to make it about my name all the time? And she leaves, yeah. you know, sort of upset because it's like he can't get over it. Like you said, he just can't get over this name hurdle. Like if she was named anything else, he could possibly penetrate her. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, what do you think they do next week? Why? What, In what? the bathroom. Oh, I, I mean, I think he doesn't, he didn't want to be like a cat that ate the canary on camera. I'm going to make sure I say that three times an episode and actually be outwardly making out. So they have to go in there. They appear I... to be on the floor. Why? If you look closely really? in the mirror. Oh, wow. I didn't look in the mirror. Yeah. Okay. He just Which, he... fucking on the bathroom floor in like a guest room bathroom sounds awful. You think they fuck? I don't know. Why are they doing down there? I thought he wanted to have unencumbered, uninhibited. Why did she throw her bra out? I thought that was just maybe a bra that was hanging in there. Yeah. So she needed it out? <laughs> we'll find out next week. Or maybe I, they were just getting comfortable like Olivia. She just wanted to take her bra off. You know what? I think someone actually on one of the panels said that Schwartz fucked. Really? I'm almost positive. I'm almost positive on one of the panels at BravoCon, someone said Schwartz made love to someone and he goes, hey, don't spoil it or something. So I think <gasps> okay. you're right. I can't wait. 
okay, well, what you know, I feel was it, it's post Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. Everyone was full when they listened to this. They're probably <laughs> groggy and logy, you know, like post turkey. Yeah. Trip to fan. Do you think did this bring post Thanksgiving joy? What we did here today. I think so. People might be driving home from a visit. Do you they need entertainment? On like a Friday morning, Maybe. they're getting the hell out of there. They're like, I'm not staying one more day. Okay. Well, I think you're right. I think there's so many different scenarios, um, <laughs> you know, of when they could be listening to this. It's possible that at Thanksgiving dinner, one little turtle cutie said, I want to say what I'm thankful for. And they played, they play turtle time. For their family. For the family. If you're doing that right now, we want to say <laughs> uh, to the little turtle cuties and your family, we love you so much, right? We love you. We're thankful for you. That's what we're thankful for. This year, I am fully only thankful for our little turtle cuties and our Villa Rosa VIPs who mean the world to us, right? Yes. Did we, I'm, we, even though these episodes were kind of lackluster, did we do okay? I think so. Like what? Like a <laughs> seven, two out of 10? Two out of 10? You think it was bad? Nine out of 10. Whoa. Okay. You think it's good? Okay. Five well, out of 10. I think somewhere in the middle lies the truth, right? <laughs> I think a B plus. Okay, good. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of movie talk just because there was no Bravo news. And in these episodes, there was still some joy to be had, but it was kind of a... Well, Winter House was great. Yeah. Winter House is always good. Yeah. Hopefully, I I will have seen Killers of the Flower Moon by next episode. We can really oh. dig deep. That would be so fun. Let us know if you liked our Leo DiCaprio talk in the beginning. And no matter what happens, we hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving a wonderful Thanksgiving weekend, and then we'll see you back next Friday. Yep. And we'll be on the road towards Christmas and Hanukkah. Crazy. Right? Crazy. And our birthdays. And our birthdays. Yep. That's going to be so fun. Okay, well, we love you more than anything in the world. Any last words to say to our little turtle cuties? Just that we love them. Okay. No one has ever loved you more than Amy and I. Sleep good tonight, and we'll see you next week. Bye. This one's for you tonight.